It's not time to make a change. Just relax and take it easy. You're still young. That's your fault. There's so much you have to know. Find a girl. Settle down. If you want, you can marry. Look at me. I am old, but I'm happy. I was once like you are now, and I know that it's not easy to be gone when you found something going on. But take your time, make a lot. Why think of everything you've got? You will still be here tomorrow, but your dreams may not. enough of that song guys what was that song well that song was uh johnny cash and fiona apple singing what are they singing um song called father and son i don't know uh if you pay attention to instagram and facebook i posted that i'm going to be yeah gonna be doing a doing a show today guys with my with my older son brian jr he's going to be uh, joining the joining the podcast here very shortly. I don't know. I'm not sure when. I'm texting him right now, trying to figure out. We planned on five o'clock East time, Eastern Standard Time, EST, and I haven't heard back from him yet. So I just texted him. He said that's what was a good time for him, two o'clock Arizona time. <clears throat> so waiting on him to give me the the go, give me the go ahead. But in the meantime. Oh, and so, yeah, I played that song up front. Got a little diff different setup, guys, today. Um, I don't like it because it's different, for one, but I don't like, uh, I don't know. I just don't like the way it's set up. But I figured for the shot today when I was doing the split screen and, and had him on the uh, <laughs> on the podcast with me, that I thought this would be a, a better angle because you'd be able to see the stuff on the wall back here, the Craft Conversations logo. Um, I don't know. And then when I go, you know, when I go back to this shot, you can see a little bit of that stuff on the wall as well. I don't know. I just thought it was maybe a, a better angle. I'm not too sure about it now if I like it or not. And I've got my other phone that I'm, I'm going to hook up here in just a second now that Brian has told me that he is on his way home and getting ready i guess so but this will be probably the shot that i'll use when i split the screen between the two of us i don't know we'll see what happens but the song oh so it's called father and son so i figured what better song to play than uh, father and son because that's what's getting ready to happen that's what's going down guys I'm a little nasally today i don't know why i woke up uh, congested this morning i've been like blowing my nose like i've had so much snot come out of my head 
I, it, I don't know where it, uh, how it forms, where, it, how it gets there. <laughs> Cause it's like somebody just poured a whole bunch of shit into my, into my skull and, uh, I've been blowing it out all day. I don't know. Don't know why, but that's what's happening. Uh, once he joins the show, well, fuck it. We'll, um, we'll go ahead and zoom in a little bit, a little bit here. At least right there. And then once he joins, we'll, we'll zoom in. Get right up on my face. What is happening? Well, let's, uh, let's put some things up here. Let's do some, some house cleaning here while we're waiting. Um, let's add a different multi view real quick. I know this is boring as shit, guys, but what are you going to do? Do a picture in picture. That's, uh, looks good. All right. Um, well, here's what we talk about real quick, and we'll talk about it again once Brian joins the chat. But um, no, let's do this real quick. Let's hook up this other phone now that he's texted me, and I know that he's he's on the on the road, on the way. Let's go ahead and get this guy set up. Man, I just I don't feel like I sound right at all. Really. Share this camera. Let's add this guy in. Hopefully, I'm not going to get the damn. Hopefully, I'm not going to get the uh, the video lag issues that I had yesterday. But and if you notice, hopefully, 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 you notice that the uh, sound sounds exactly the same back here where I am setting up this camera as it did when I was sitting in the chair. Because I think I've got the, the mic thing hooked up. I think I've got it figured out. It's running through the board. I don't know if it's going to pick up Brian when he calls in, if it's going to pick up on my board and go to Audacity. So I might have to, to use uh, some better or some less than, than quality audio. I don't know. Still figuring things out, guys. But I've got what I have going on now. I've got uh, got this angle going on behind me. I don't know. Thought it was something different, something new. You can see the rest of the room. Uh, I got the windows open to bring some natural light in. I got my mother light going on over here. I've got one going on over here. So the lighting is good. Hopefully, um, I. Decided I was going to do this originally. That way you could see the switcher screen from this camera here, but I don't, it doesn't look like it's really doing that very well. So I don't know. Maybe I should move that camera somewhere else. Huh, guys? What should we do? Leia. Leia's down here in the studio with me, by the way. That's who I was pointing to earlier. She's right down here. But so I did a, I did a 96 hour fast. Uh, my son and I, Alec, my younger son decided we were going to do a fast. I think I talked about it last episode, but decided we were going to fast and uh, see who could go the longest. I guess it wasn't really a competition, but it, it was a competition, really. So he ended yesterday at 95 hours. I decided to go ahead and do the full four day, which is 96. I did 96 hours and two minutes and 36 seconds. Not that anybody was counting, but did that. Oh, this thing's still playing over here. I did that, and I broke my fast. I went up to Homegrown Brew House last night, first time I've been there in a little while, and Joshua Jarman was playing up there. I wanted to go up there and just support local music, support him, and I heard through the grapevine that uh, Homegrown was doing doing decent up there. They were uh, 
doing all the following all the guidelines and doing the stuff that they're supposed to be doing. So decided it was safe to go up there, and I figured it would be early enough to where it wouldn't be super crowded. It was a good call, so I got there right at eight. Uh, my fast wasn't ending until eight thirty-two, so I sat there and just drank some water until eight thirty-two. But find me a seat right at the bar, right in front of the register. No other seats around me. Everything else was was uh, distanced and, and spread out. The employees were wearing their masks. Uh, all the customers had a mask. Um, sanitizing was happening. So everything was going great. I thought it was really good. So 8.32 rolled around. I ordered a beer, and I got some of uh, Jonathan's deviled eggs, and they were fantastic. So that's how I broke my fast after 96 hours yesterday was, was with uh, some deviled eggs and a beer. So. And then what happened, guys? Well, what happened was I got stupid with it. And um, I decided to get a six-pack of beer, and I also went to Yale Fashion Ice Cream and got a bacon double cheeseburger and <laughs> some fried pickles. So that went into the, the Break the Fast diet as well, and uh, had a little bit too many beers and too much food, the wrong food to break a fast with. The deviled eggs were fine, but I went overboard with the with the fried pickles and the, uh, and the bacon double cheeseburger. But... Leia loved fried pickles. I didn't know she liked the fried pickles, but she does. So that's something new, right, Leia? The fried pickles were good. Um, <clears throat> so what am I doing now, guys? Well, my original plan was I was supposed to break my fast today. That was my original plan. I was going to try and go 100 hours. I'll do that next uh, fast um, and try and push the limits a little bit further. But my original plan was ended today. I was going to wake up early this morning. I was going to put this uh, chuck roast that I've had in the fridge for a couple of days was going to put it in a crock pot <clears throat> and uh, get it slow cooking for the whole day. And that's what I was going to break my fast with uh, right about now, actually, right around five o'clock or so. But that did not happen. But it is in the crock pot. And as a matter of fact, I'm going to play you a video right now. Got to sell the sizzle, man. That's what, uh, that's what I learned in the Air Force Security. Sell the sizzle, not the steak. Got uh, all my veggies loosely chopped over here. Got a little cucumber, some green pepper, some onion, <clears throat> and uh, zucchini, not, not cucumber. And uh, what else I got over here? Uh, some uh, red russet potatoes. We're gonna cook all that in some epic bone broth. A little bit of Worcestershire sauce. We've got some uh, ranch dressing, organic. We've got some beef barbacoa. And some Italian seasoning. All that will be dumped in with the meat. And uh, we're searing it right now. We're feeling some flavor with some uh, ground pepper and some pink Himalayan salt. There we go, guys. Let's uh, see if we can put this bad boy over. There we go. Stand up nicely. So there you go, guys. And what I just realized, uh, which I knew, um, I was watching my board over here. Uh, Audacity, and none of that audio picked up, I don't think, on uh, through Audacity. So I don't know why I didn't pick that up. And I didn't hear it either. So I don't even know if you're going to be able to hear that on the podcast later on or not but you know what um it happened and you saw it so basically 
just in case you didn't hear it, I'm cooking the chuck roast. I seared it on both sides real quick to, to seal in the flavor, dumped in the crock pot with all those veggies that you saw and uh, the seasoning. And it's going to cook for at least five hours. It's probably going to cook uh, eight hours or so, really. But it's going to be great. It's going to be good. Um, so, yeah, fuck that damn that. I didn't hear the sound and it didn't pick up on the on the uh, audacity. So I don't think that is going to work. So I'm going to have to use the audio just from this uh, headphone mic. Man, I got to figure out how to get stuff through this board. I'm Bluetoothed into the board like we talked about last episode. And everything I'm saying right now is picking up. But I don't think that video picked up at all. And the other thing that I'm going to be curious about is if the audio from Brian, I'll be able to hear it in my mic. But I'm not sure if it's going to transfer and pick up over here on the Audacity either. So whenever I do a video chat, whenever I throw up videos uh, for you to watch, I'm not going to have the perfect audio through Audacity. So when I do solo shows, more than likely, I'm going to use, you know, the regular mics and, and the perfect pitch perfect sound. But we'll figure it out, guys. We'll, we'll get it all working eventually. Um, this is the picture that... Uh, that I sent my, my son asked me, you know, if I'm still working out and how you looking, are you in shape? And I know you're fasting, but what's going on? So I took this picture for him yesterday after two hours in the yard. I was about uh, 90 hours into the fast at this point, a little over 90, 92 maybe. So I don't know, took that little picture just to, to show him. Hello, everybody in the back. What's going on back there? Uh, I want to work the room, make sure I'm, I'm touching everybody in the room. Not touching everybody. I'm not touching anybody, really. I touched Leia a couple times, better. But I uh, just want to make sure I work the room and, and get everybody involved, you know, like a good speaker does, right? What we will do is, I'm not waiting on Brian. He's on his way home. But what we will do is, we're going to open a beer. Open a beer real quick. We're going to talk about it. And uh, you know what? I've got some music that I created. I might be able to share it for with you, maybe. That maybe worked. Let's see if it picks up on the on the audio. Sure it did. What are we drinking today, guys? Well, we're going to talk about it. But we're drinking um, the uh, 1985 IPA from Voodoo Ranger. No, they did not brew it. This was not brewed in 1985. This is not a recipe from 1985. I don't believe. We're going to look it up. So, yeah, I'm drinking that guy. They've always got some cool artwork. They they pretty much use that same dude. I don't know if he has a name. But um, that's what we're drinking today. I got two of them. What is that, guys? Well, I made a beat, actually, on GarageBand. This is going to be my, for right now, at least for today, this is going to be my, um, my talking about the beer music. So, and we'll go... See if I'm logged in. I did not pull up untapped yet, but you know, it's pretty much how it goes, right? It's normal, normal stuff. Normal stuff. All right, here we go. Type it in on my new keyboard. As a matter of fact, guys, yeah, I got the uh, I got the new the tiny keyboard for the Surface Pro today. Came in the mail. Amazon Prime delivered it. So. 
Now I've got two tiny keyboards, and it's way better than that big-ass fucking thing that I had on here earlier. What am I looking up here? 1985. Voodoo Ranger, 1985. There we go. All right. Let's, uh, let's get some music. Figured it'd be nice just to have a, a nice little beat going. This is the Voodoo Ranger, 1985 IPA from New Belgium Brewing Company out of, uh, where they out of Colorado, I think. Let's take a look. Is that too loud, guys? New Belgium Brewing Company. Yeah, Fort Collins, Colorado. That's what I thought. Out there in uh, Colorado Springs, I believe. Close, close to Colorado Springs. Like totally loaded with juicy mango flavor, 1985 takes you back to the future of hazy IPAs. Buckle up. Citra, Simcoe, and Cascade Hops in this guy. So I guess the play on the name is Back to the Future. Uh, I'm assuming it came out in 1985, so 1985, and then Back to the Future, Hazy IPA. So I don't know. Kind of silly, but it's got an average rating of 3.9. I gave it a 4 last night. I had one of these last night. It's 6.7% uh, ABV, alcohol by volume, and it's got 30 IBUs. There you go. That's my, my beats for uh, the beer description. <laughs> I just I threw that together last night. So let's just have a funky beat going on, right? Thanks for the suggestion, uh, Tess, by the way. I'll play around with that uh, a little bit more and see what we can get going. Let's taste some beer. Oh. Yeah, definitely. Big mango. I didn't really pay attention to it last night, but big mango flavors. What do we got going on here? See if there's anything else I can do while we're waiting. Not really. We'll go ahead and zoom in a little bit more. I found this sign. This sign right here. Uh, I think if I remember right, uh, my parents had this at least back in the 70s, maybe even further back than that. But I remember it being uh, just hung up above a door, I think, somewhere in, in the house there in Pepper Hill that we lived in back in the 70s and 80s, late 70s, 80s. And uh, I think I remember it being over a door somewhere at the house. It was definitely in that house somewhere. So I found this in one of the boxes. I think it was in the box that I had uh, all my trophies in, which are still sitting over here. I haven't gotten rid of the trophies yet. But I think it was sitting in that box. And I don't know if I'm going to keep it or not, but I figured I'd put it on the table for today. What else we got up here? What else we got on the table, guys? Well, we got uh, It's All Fun and Games. Uh, this is the book that I pinned back in 2007. I think it was first published. So It's All Fun and Games until it's a memoir of sorts. Uh, my time down at Moody Air Force Base, Georgia, down in Valdosta, Georgia, from uh, 1992 to 1998, I think is the ending of that. So it uh, kind of chronicles my time there with my ex-wife and uh, you know, two brand new baby boys and kind of goes through some of the trials and tribulations of of marriage life, of uh, people in their 20s, uh, stupidity, doing doing dumb things and doing silly stuff. So it's a chronicle. It's a memoir. Memoir? Mem you say that word. Mem memoir. 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 
<laughs> Who knows how you say it, guys? Somebody knows. If you know how to say it, you know, hit me up. Let me know. Let me know what the pronunciation is. I could I could look it up, but I'd rather have somebody else tell me. What else? What else, guys? I got my frogs up here. I've got uh, my craft conversations water mug. I'm drinking some water. It's hot as balls up here, really. It's um. I've got the AC cut down to 68 degrees, and I'm still perspiring right now. I'm still having hot flashes. So I don't know if it's because I've got these uh, blinds up on the on the windows over here, and maybe some extra sun is coming in to heat the room up. But I can see the curtain over here moving, so I know the air is actually blowing right now. It's on. I just replaced the filter the other day. I replaced uh, all the filters in the house to try and just in case there was some COVID going around in the house. I replaced all the filters with some HEPA filters to, to make sure we kind of filtrate and um, keep things a little bit cleaner here in the house uh, since Tommy works, still working as a bartender and uh, coming in contact with a lot of people during the day. So figured just one extra step to try and sanitize and, and keep the house um clean so but yeah it's hot, as, it's hot as shit up here 68 degrees is what i got to set on guys and i mean it's still obviously blowing so it's still cooling maybe it hasn't gotten down to 60 i think i had it set at 76 when i first walked up here so it was a little little toasty and i kind of turned it down ahead of time to to make sure it was good by the time i started this podcast but it's not it's not good it's still, still, still too toasty for me Leia's not minding it, though. She is dead asleep here on the floor. So where is this kid? I figured I would just do, you know, a, a five or ten minute little spiel before homeboy got onto the phone. Um, and we sit down and decide what we're going to talk about. But we're just going to chit-chat, you know. Um, I talk, talk to these guys every now and again. They... Um, They don't, Brian calls me, I guess. Brian calls me, but uh, if I don't get in touch with Alec, I wouldn't hear from Alec ever. You know, a lot of people put that thing out there on Facebook sometimes, just questions, right? Like, if uh, if there was a gun to your head and they told you to call one person that you knew would not answer the phone or else they, or else you were going to die, my my answer would be Alec, Alec Dales, <laughs> my, my youngest son. Um, somebody that would answer the phone, I might put down my oldest son. More than likely, probably my parents. My parents would be the first ones to answer the phone, probably. They're not doing anything. They still have a landline. How many, how many people out there still have a landline? Anybody? I haven't had one since, since Alaska, since 2011, I think is the last time I had a landline phone. Nine years ago. Don't need it. Didn't need one in Alaska, really. But it was a package deal as far as uh, I think we had Dish Network at the time. Yeah, we had Dish Network. So it was a package deal as far as the, the satellites and the phone um, and the Internet. Something like that. And then moved to Vegas and said, screw it, man. We don't need it. Don't need a landline whatsoever. Uh, we all had cell phones, all four of us. That's how you get in touch with people. So do you have a landline? Let me know. Send me a comment. Send me a, send me a comment. Send me, you can send me, ah, that's the wrong one. You can send me, where did I take, I don't know, I took my email off of here. 
Well, shitballs. Why did I take that on? I guess instead of uh, creating a new thing, I uh, just erased my email and put that in there. We'll talk about that here in a second. I've got that shirt on, as a matter of fact, as well. We'll talk about that once Brian gets on the on the line. But don't need a landline. Is what I'm saying, guys. But my parents would definitely be the if I was going to call anybody that I knew was going to answer the phone, it would be my parents. But, you know, they don't say, does it have to be somebody you know? Because you could just call a restaurant. You know a restaurant's going to answer the phone, right? Hmm. 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 I don't know. I don't know, guys. So GarageBand, I'm... I'm really new to this thing. I, I opened it up last night, and I tell you what, it's, it wasn't the easiest thing to 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 run through. And maybe it's just because I'm not a musician and I don't know all the terms and I don't know all the the fancy lingo. And uh, you know, I'm not one of the cool kids out there, I guess. But when I was looking at all the screens and the and the stuff and the menus, I'm like, how do I make anything? What do I do? But it looks like you can you can um, actually somehow get the guitars, keyboards, drums. You can throw all that shit into it. I don't know how you do it. I guess you just uh, you have to have an external mic or something, or somehow you get plugged in. You run it through a soundboard. I don't know. I don't know how all that stuff how all that stuff works. I do have a guitar over here. I can maybe throw some guitar in there. I don't play it, but <laughs> I could I could throw some kind of sound in there and make it an actual live guitar sound, but. I got to run through it. It's got a lot of uh, options on here, but I, I just thought it'd be fun to make a little beat and hopefully that turned out all right. Just to make it not quite as boring when I'm reading the description of the beer, but what else is going on at Homegrown? I saw a lot of uh, a lot of the customers that I used to, to serve up there. Uh, a guy named Kevin was up there last night. Ryan Franken showed up. His mom was there. Uh, Natalie, which is Joshua Jarman's uh, girlfriend. Um, who else? There's a guy at the end of the bar. I don't remember his name, but pretty much everybody in there was was a customer of mine that was in there prior. And got in there. The lights were not turned down. Uh, normally, I would turn them down at least by 6 o'clock. It was already 8 o'clock, and I, I asked uh, both the bartender i'm like are we gonna, are we gonna cut the lights down and maybe set the mood a little bit what's going on in here so you know uh, they said oh so you're gonna, you're gonna come in here and and tell us what to do now and i said no i'm not telling you what to do i'm just saying look man there's there was protocols and uh th these lights should be turned down man it's eight o'clock at night turn the lights down set the mood and and let's groove it out you know uh, playing some sexy music over here and got these bright lights going on so let's get those lights up <laughs> oh my god i wasn't going to do a solo show so i really have nothing to talk about uh, this is some stuff I, I could talk about but i'm trying to save things for for the phone call i hope he didn't um hope he didn't call me already or text me and i missed the text maybe i should just um just do this let me go ahead let me go ahead and join a room and let's go ahead and invite him. And that way he can just he can just jump in whenever he's ready. 
Let's see, we're going to Brian Jr. Yeah, so his text still says on the way home, so we'll send that to him. So it'll he'll show up here as soon as he joins. You'll I'll see him immediately, and then we'll split screen up. We'll do whatever, and we'll talk about uh, whatever. Went up to Lowe's Foods today. Oh, put it on a camera where you can see. Oh, why is that camera frozen? Jesus. Oh, there it goes. It froze. God, I hope I'm not going to have the lag problems that I had last episode. I don't know if you watched last episode or not, but uh, if you listen to it, it's fine. Just on Podbean or, or Spotify or any of the places that you, you can listen to it. But if you watched it, yeah, had some video lag problems. I don't know if it was my internet or if my phones just weren't talking to each other properly or the switcher was messed up. The uh, All the apps have been updated on the switcher app. So all both my phones plus the iPad have been updated with the latest uh, 5.0 update that they did. So could have some bugs in it the other day when I did it. And hopefully they've got those worked out. I don't see any lagging going on except when that uh, just had that freeze for a second. But. Yeah, the new update allows me to, I don't even know what I was talking about before I got into this. I just can't, I'm just, I'm just, I'm discombobulated today, guys, really. Um, yeah, so with the new update, I can do, I can do the video chatting right from the switcher board right here. The last time I did it on the test episode, oh, that's what I was talking about, I was talking about Lewis Foods, but the last time I did it with the, uh, with Tess Altman, is I had to actually log into a website here on the Mac, the uh, Switcher dashboard. You had to log into the website and go to the Switcher dashboard, and then you had to click on video chat, and you had to copy the link. You had to text it to somebody, and you did everything through the website as far as video chatting. Um, also with that version, the previous version, um, the video chatter, the guy that you were chatting or the person you're chatting with could not see anything that was going on. So everything that you as a viewer on the YouTube channel are seeing happen on your screen. Now the person that I'm video chatting with sees that as well um, live while we're recording it. So they don't have to wait for the recording to be done to figure out uh, what I did and what, what everything looked like and what stuff I put on the screen or whatever. So you're actually able to see that. So that's cool. And see, I don't like one thing I don't like about this thing being on this side is my hand has to go right in front of the camera here to switch angles. So all you're doing is seeing my hand from when I have it on the other side of the table, when I have it over here, I come in from the other side. So the camera is on the other side of the iPad. So when I come in from the other side, you don't see my hand quite as much, but you still see it a little bit regardless. So Lowe's Foods went up there today. Hadn't been there in four days because I've been fasting. So actually, when I walked in there, uh, Dana, she's uh, one of the girls that actually opened up the store with me uh, back in December of 2018. She's been there that long. She stayed there. She is now the uh, the coffee manager. At, at the time, she just worked in the coffee section. and I worked in the beer den section. But uh, she has now worked her way up to manager of the beer den. But when I walked in, she said, oh, man, I thought you uh, I thought you finally got your RV and, and took off and didn't even tell anybody goodbye because I haven't seen you because I'm 
I usually go up there every day and at least have one beer. I usually go get my coffee. I'll drink the coffee uh, somewhere, whether it's at Coastal Coffee or whether I get Big B and uh, go to the boat landing or something and just kind of hang out in nature a little bit, drink, drink my coffee. And then after I get done with that, watch, catch up on some news and do some different things, then it's time for uh, it's time for a beer as far as I'm concerned. So I go to Lowe's Foods. They usually have a great selection up there. They got eight beers on tap. It's always fresh. And um, it's five bucks, you know, for four. And you can have, you can only have two. So they limit you. So that's good too. But I went up there today and Dana was like, where you been, man? What's going on? I said, well, I've been fasting. So I haven't come up because, uh, you know, I wasn't eating or drinking or anything. So, and I did my shopping in a couple other places uh, here at Cedar and uh, Publix. So I didn't have to even go in there for shopping, but. Met uh, Mrs. Uh, uh, Miss Tess Altman up there, actually. Had a couple beers, chit-chatted for a little bit uh, before I came home to get everything set up for the show. Where is my son? Jesus Christ, what time is it? We were supposed to do this thing. He said, let's do it at 5 o'clock. It is now 5.21, Brian. Hopefully, hopefully he's all right. Hopefully he didn't get in a wreck or something or get held up, get a ticket, get uh, something to happen, but he is not here. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, COVID and the coronavirus. I'm still waiting on my second test. I ordered, I ordered the test. Uh, it's a home test that uh, Tommy recommended. Worked out very well for him. He did it, sent it in. He got the results in two days. I ordered it on the 5th. It shipped on the 6th. I think I received it on the 8th. Today is the 11th. So I received it on the 8th. I did the test. I dropped it in the FedEx box, which was picked up that night. It has been at the lab for testing since July 8th. And it is now the 11th. And it is now 5.20, whatever I said it was, 5.22 in the afternoon, and I still haven't gotten results yet, so I don't think I'm going to get any results today either. And I don't know if they do anything on Sunday, so it might be fucking Monday before I get any goddamn results. I don't know why I'm the only person in this whole fucking state. Well, I'm not the only person, but the only person I know personally that it takes forever to get a test, and then it takes forever to get the results of that test. And, you know, I made a post last night that, and we're going to talk about all this with Brian, hopefully, but that, uh, you know, I was watching a video that the NBA is is uh, starting practices down at Disney World. Disney World opened up today, as a matter of fact, in Florida. Florida is one of the four top hotspots in the United States, but they uh, decided, hey, let's open up, uh, let's open Disney World. And I know they've got some different uh, standards and some different distancing and some different things that they're going to impose and implement. But I still just don't think it's a good idea. But what I heard on the video was that the NBA is um, practicing down there, and they're, every player that is down there practicing is getting tested every single day. They get a test, and they get the results back. And I'm waiting on my results. I can't get a test. It's hard for me to get a test. you got people out there that are sitting in lines, um, like in Arizona, the, the number one hot spot in the, in the United States right now, 
you got people sitting in lines waiting for six to 10 hours to get a test, sitting in their car in 120 degree heat, waiting to go through a drive through testing center to get a test. And if you don't meet the deadline before they close down, guess what? You got to come back the next day <laughs> and get in that line again and do it. It's ridiculous. But the NBA can get tested every goddamn day and get the results back immediately. So, you know, just another way that it shows you that the, the top percenters, the people that make all the money, the big, the big buck guys, big buck guys, um, get all the, all the spoils, man. They get all the, all the perks. But, you know, you're poor or you have a shitty insurance or you have no insurance and you got to struggle. You got to wait in a car, in a hot car for 10 fucking hours. I heard on one news report that one of the cars caught on fire. I mean, it was so hot out there and the car overheated. The thing just burst into flames. <laughs> All they're trying to do is get a damn test to see if they're sick, see if they're going to infect anybody, see if they need to go to the hospital, see why they're having the symptoms that they're having, why they, why they don't feel well. But, I don't know. Oh, it's a heated subject for me, man. And then, yeah, so I rode by, I left, uh, left homegrown last night. I'm not sure I like this angle. Put this down one more. Yeah, I like that. I was trying to put it at the other angle to get my shirt in there, but now this angle kind of goes up into my nose a little bit. But whatever. I got a little little sore on my nose right here, actually, guys. Because I've been rubbing it so much. It's been it's been uh been running so much and it's been so snotty and congested with uh, whatever virus or something that I had, but it's raw. It's raw up there. <laughs> What was I saying? Oh, so I left Homegrown Brew House, pulled out. I pulled around the corner, and uh, you have to go by Wine and Tapas, which is another local joint <clears throat> over there. Sells wine and beer and uh, some tapas, some food, little small bite stuff. And, uh, you know, I'd heard all the rumors, and, and I've been in there one time, um, which is if I did or do have the coronavirus, I thought maybe that was one of the places that I, uh, I might have picked it up. But they are not uh, playing by the rules whatsoever. So I rode by there. I, I heard all the rumors that they that the employees weren't even wearing a mask, which is like the number one rule out there. You know, the ordinance that we have for for us, for people of the town in Somerville right now to wear a mask is uh, kind of comes and goes. But for employees at the restaurants and bars to wear a mask has been around for quite a while. Or a little while, maybe not quite a while, but it's been around for a, a, a good bit. And uh, I'd heard the rumors that the employees weren't even wearing a mask up there, that they, they said, fuck it, uh, screw all the rules, we're not going to obey any of them. So I just, I, what was I saying? Basically, I pulled by there last night just to kind of peek in the window and see if the rumors were true. And lo and behold, not one of the employees was wearing a mask when I pulled by there, and everybody... All the bar stools were right next to each other, elbow to elbow. I mean, no different than what it was pre-coronavirus. So no distancing whatsoever. Matter of fact, uh, there was another musician playing up there last night, uh, Mr. Ron Daniel and Bobby Napier. Fantastic musicians. They uh, played the first Friday of every month at Homegrown. They still do. But he had sent me a text and invited me to wine and tapas to see them play last night. And I said, Ron, I'm sorry, man, but I don't, um, I don't patronize wine and tapas at the moment because they're not, they're not playing by the rules at all. And I think it's, uh, you know, going to be one of the hot spots 
Uh, Brian just texted me, said his wife is finishing vacuuming and then he's going to join. So I guess it's, it's too loud for him to, you know, t tell Megan to uh, stop vacuuming because you're supposed to be on a phone call 28 minutes ago, Brian. And why is Megan doing the vacuuming? That's so sexist, really. She should have waited for you to get home and said, Brian, I need you to vacuum. But yeah, wine and tapas, I would not recommend it. I actually, once I saw that, I was uh, in the process of making a Facebook post to condemn to condemn them for not playing by the rules. And I had it all written out. I was about ready to hit, hit post, and I decided against it. So. Who am I? Am I the police? I don't know. I mean, I've already I've already made one post a little while ago about um, I graded some of the restaurants that I was going around to: Dog and Duck, uh, Mellow Mushroom, Kicking Chicken. Um, who else did I rate? I think those. I think those were the main three at the time. But but yeah, Wine and Tapas is not playing by the rules. And I've heard the same thing about Cup of Mana. I've heard the same thing about um, about uh, Summer Breeze. Um, where else have I heard it? I talked about Coastal Coffee Roasters the other day. They're doing a fantastic job. And Homegrown did a great job last night, too, you know. But by the time I left there last night, I left. I only stayed an hour. I stayed there from 8 o'clock until about 9. And then I took off. But... Uh, they're doing, they were doing very well, but towards the end of my time there, and they were going to be open another two hours after I left, so it was going to get even more crowded, but I thought it got a little too crowded for my taste uh, by the time I left. I mean, still, all the tables are distanced, and um, the bar stools were distanced at the bar. You know, normally you, have, you would have 12 bar stools up there at the bar. They only had six, and they had, they had them in pairs, so you had a pair here, at the very end of the bar, and then you had a pair right in the middle of the bar, and then you had a pair at the other far end of the bar. So they were spaced, and they were paired out. That way, if you came in as a couple, you had uh, you had a place to sit there at the bar. So it spaced out very nicely. Everything was spaced out. But um, by the time I was about to leave, like, for instance, uh, uh, a family of three came in, and they walked up to the bar, and the bartender said, hey, uh, if you go uh, find one of the tables, I can... I'll bring a menu out to you and you can order from the table. And the people say, oh, no, we're, we're good. We'll just order right here. And instead of her reemphasizing, look, I need you to go sit down and not stand at the bar. Uh, she allowed them to stand at the bar and they were standing literally right next to me. I mean, within a foot, maybe two feet away from me. So I'm just sitting there looking up, you know, at the guy like, look, dude, you're in my personal space right now. Why are you, why are you standing here at the bar? She told you to go sit down, but I just, I minded my own business. I, Scooted, I, I stood up and scooted my stool over about another foot and just kind of sat as far at the far end of the bar as I possibly could. I couldn't go any further. Farther? Further. I couldn't go any further. Farther. But farther is for distance. So I actually moved some distance. That one always fucks me up, man. It really does. So confusing. But so anyway. So they stood there, you know, for a good five minutes, fucking dicking around at the bar. And I'm like, God damn it, just sit down. You're not supposed to be at the bar. She told you that. But so that happened. And then I noticed um, a few people come in that they weren't wearing masks. And if it was me at the bar, I would have told them. Hold on. I'll go back to this angle.
Yeah, I like that. I like that a little bit better. If it was me as the bartender, which I was previously uh, when we first reopened for COVID, but we didn't have all these these rules at the time, but I still had my rules. I would have told them, look, man, I told you, you go sit down. You can't stand and hang around and, and hover at the bar. That's why there's no stools up here. The bar is pretty much essentially closed except for these three little sections. So go sit your ass down. And if you came in without a mask, that's definitely a no-go, I would have said. Eh. Sorry, buddy, you're, you're going to have to go get a mask or you're going to have to go somewhere else. You know, go down to wine and top because they don't give a shit if you wear a mask or not. So. So by the time I left, it was getting a little, little too, little too packed for me, and uh, people were doing less and less compliance. Um, as a matter of fact, and we're going to talk about all this with Brian too, but matter of fact, they just passed the, our governor, which you know won't make any any rules, and all of a sudden he throws out some silly rules. It's kind of silly, but I think it'll help a little bit. But he, he made a new rule that uh, no alcohol sales after 11 o'clock. So all bars and everything have to be have to shut down 11. Can't sell, can't sell anymore. So um, oh, that's, I don't even know what I, where I was getting to there. Oh, but I, I, I was going to say, I think that's a good idea because I think the later it gets um, and the more people have been drinking throughout the day, and the later in the night that you start drinking, uh, your inhibitions get lowered. I mean, you're, you're drinking, you're getting inebriated, the alcohol is uh, lowering your inhibitions, and you start doing things that you shouldn't be doing, like uh, not wearing your mask and uh, not social distancing. You get more touchy-feely. Um, and I just think that there's less and less compliance as the night goes on. And I think it's a good thing that we're shutting things down from 11 to 2. I think that's going to help out. Uh, mostly your younger crowd, the, the people that um, most people are suspecting are spreading this thing like wildfire right now are the younger, you know, the people in their 20s. Those are a good majority of the people that are hanging out at these bars till 2 o'clock in the morning. Um, and then they're going to, you know, they're contracting this virus and they're going to take it back to their friends and their family and their and their jobs and everything else. And I think it's I think it's a decent move, a decent, decent measure to maybe help slow the spread a little bit, but I think it's a little too late, too little, too late, as they say, right? I think, I think, I don't know if South Carolina do it. I know um, other states have done it, but I think it's going to come to a point where we're going to have to shut bars down again. Um, I had a big article the other day on, uh, I think it was CNN or, Somebody, there was somebody talking about uh, bars are like the biggest, the biggest hotspots right now, the biggest no-nos. Uh, ventilation sucks. The it's overcrowded. There's no distancing. People are not obeying uh, mask laws, and that's some of your biggest hotspots. I think the think the bars are going to have to shut back down. But again, I don't think South Carolina will do it. I think our governor sucks ass. He has no. He has no balls. He has no cojones. And I don't even like to use that term either because, come on, that's, that's kind of sexist too, right? I mean, we always say, oh, man, that guy's got some butt. That person's got some balls on. Look how brave he is or whatever. And, you know, but then when somebody is doing something that is not good, you call him a pussy. So why have we made, you know, being a man and having balls is the 
the toughness, but being a pussy, uh, a girl essentially is the weakness. So I think that's something that people need to stop saying as well. You know, don't be a pussy. Man, you got some balls on you. Man, that takes some balls. What a pussy. I don't know. I just like saying balls and pussy, really, guys. But uh, we shouldn't be using that to describe uh, strong people and weak people because you're saying men are strong and women are weak. And we know that's not the case. There's a lot of weak men out there, and there's a lot of strong women out there. I promise you. I've served with them. been in the military. I was in the military 21 years. I've seen some tough-ass women, and I've seen some weak-ass fucking men. <laughs> and, of course, the reverse. But of course, the reverse. Where the fuck is Brian, goddammit? So pissed off. Not really. But I didn't want to do a long-ass show, and now I'm already... I'm already... Uh, 49 minutes into the show, and I still got to talk to Brian. And I was expecting that we were going to talk for about an hour, so this can be a long ass show, man. All the stuff up front, I might just, I might just cut it all out. You might not even see this stuff. And if you don't see it, then you didn't see it. You won't even know you didn't see it. But <laughs> I might cut off, I might cut all the front of this out because it's just boring as hell. It's just me sitting around rambling about nothing. But no, you got Seinfeld that made a whole, you know, nine seasons of that. A show about nothing. So maybe this is exciting for some people. I doubt it. I doubt it. What else could we play here, guys? We could play uh we could play some more beats. Only got the one beat. Check it out. Kick drum in there, got some snare, got a lot of heavy hi hat, got a, got a tom in there, got some, some light cymbal, little cowbell, yeah, a little funky beat. what else we got here let's go let's go to the screen kind of see me fucking with the computer i guess but all this stuff's in the way let's take this out is that better yeah you can see it a little better let's see see what else is happening there what else could we pull up mm-hmm. watching a little tom green i don't know if you if any of you guys watch Tom Green or if you watch the original Tom Green show, but he's got a, a new uh, thing that he's doing called WebAvision. And um, I'll be honest, I'm taking, I'm taking some inspiration from Mr. Tom Green. You can't really see him on the screen here, but he's actually doing piano practice on today's show. I'm about two minutes, about three minutes into that show. And uh, it's, it's fairly exciting so far. I don't know. 
but he is uh, resetting up the studio right now. <clears throat> he had it set up very nicely, and I'm taking a lot of cues from Mr. Tom Green, actually, on how I'm setting up. And sometimes I think he's taking cues from my podcast because I'll do stuff, and then all of a sudden I'll see him doing that on his podcast. So I don't know if he's watching Craft Conversations, but if he, if you are, Tom, I, I appreciate it. But I'm taking a lot of cues from him. You know, I've got influences. Uh, Mr. Howard Stern is a big influence for me. Mr. David Letterman is a big influence for me. Uh, Mr. Joe Rogan, as far as podcasting goes, is a is a huge influence for me. Uh, probably one of the main reasons we started this show, Caleb and I originally, was uh, Mr. Joe Rogan. And uh, Tom Green, you know, his his biggest mentor, it looks like, when I watch the show, is um, Johnny Carson. He, he makes a lot of references to Johnny Carson. I think that's uh, one of the guys who gave him one of his big starts. So he gives a lot of, a lot of props and kudos to that guy, but... For me, um, I like Carson. I mean, I grew up with Carson. That's who that was my first taste of late night TV was Mr. Johnny Carson and then uh, David Letterman, you know, was after him with the Late Late Show, I think is what it was, what it was originally. And then, uh, what did you have? Yeah, Jay Leno came along. I didn't like Jay Leno too much at all. David Letterman was my guy. I wish he would have uh, taken over the Tonight Show originally, but but he did his own thing, and I think it was even better than what was going on tonight. I think it was better than what he would have done on the Tonight Show. Um, I like Conan a lot as well. I think he got screwed over. He did get screwed over as far as the Tonight Show slot goes, but he had a great show as well. I wouldn't say that he's really a mentor of mine or that I copy or or imitate anything that he does, but <clears throat> it's a good show though. But Letterman for sure. Uh, Howard Stern, just um, as far as, um, well, Letterman, as far as his interview skills. So whenever I have a guest in here, I, I feel like uh, I, I take a lot from Letterman and I take a lot from uh, from Stern um, interviewing-wise. At least I try to. I don't say that I, I am them or I'm as good as them, not even close. But I try to use some of their interviewing skills. And same thing for Joe Rogan. I mean, Joe Rogan is a very good uh, podcaster as well. He talks very well with guests, and he gives them time to speak, and he listens, and he and he responds well, and and all of them steer the conversation in a in a way that uh, that is pleasant, that it flows well, that it that stays interesting, it doesn't lull. But of course, <clears throat> you know, David and Howard were both kind of uh, kind of rebels, and uh, did it their own way. And uh, didn't really abide by, you know, you have to do this, you have to do this, the FCC rules and blah, blah, blah. They kind of step out of the box and, um, and push the limits. And I don't know if I push the limits too much on this show, but I definitely get a little controversial sometimes. <laughs> and I just, say what, I just say what I mean. I don't filter anything. I don't go back. You know, I said I was going to cut this all out in the beginning. I'm not going to cut any of this out. I was uh, actually telling Tess today when we were talking up at Lowe's and, and you know, over a couple of beers that um, I've never filtered anything on this show ever. I've never bleeped anything. I've never cut anything out. No guest I've ever had has ever said, you know, I, I don't really want you to put that into the video. So I've kept everything, every single word that has been spoken on this podcast uh, between me, Caleb, or any of the guests is exactly as it was recorded. 
no filter on this show. And I, I take that away from, you know, Stern and some other guys. And of course, Rogan. I mean, there's no, there's no filtering on podcasts unless you're trying to filter it because you want to be kid friendly or whatever. But so yeah, I think the only show we have ever cut. And I've, I've even put some shows that probably shouldn't even, that shouldn't be, that shouldn't have even been put out. <laughs> like the, uh, the gruesome foursome episode that I put out with, uh, I think it was me, Mr. Gordon Peters, uh, Dennis Essenbacher. Is that how you say his fucking name? Dennis and, uh, Tommy Altair, my roommate. We, uh, all four of us came up and did a show one night. Probably shouldn't have been released, but, uh, it was funny. I thought it was good. So I released it. Uh, the Tess Altman episode that I did. Um, last week or whatever week it was, a couple weeks ago, you know, we were just uh, testing shit out. And I said, I started watching it back. I'm like, hey, this is kind of some good content. It's actually kind of entertaining. Do you mind if I put it out? And she said, yes, so I put it out. The only episode that I can remember that has not, was never released, and I, I don't even think there's a copy of it. I wish there was because I would probably release it at this point, but was the very first uh, test episode that we did it was Caleb and I and um, my roommate and didn't like it, scrapped it. I think Brian is trying to join here, but I'm not seeing anything. I'm seeing a black screen. Hello? And I'm not hearing anything, so. Hello? I can see you. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Can you hear me? I can now. What's up, man? Not much. Can't can't hear you too well. Let me go. Let me see if I can get my uh, headset here. Yeah, Alec. Yesterday when we tested with him, it was just um, he was just using the audio on his phone in the kitchen, and it worked out all right for him. He said he could hear me fine, but but yeah, headphones might be a better option. Let me see if I can connect to some headphones real quick. All right, we got Brian joining the chat. Let's see what we can do here. Let's see. We can put us both on there. Oh, you know what though? I need to do, I need to do this first. Should be good. So why the hell is Megan vacuuming when she knows she's supposed to be doing a show? Listen, there's an incident with a sock. And <laughs> I had to get it out, and then she had to continue vacuuming. Huh. I gotta turn my volume up too, so I can hear you better. <clears throat> What's going on? Are you on your uh, your phone or computer? Phone? You think it'd be better on the computer? No, either way. Oh, I can definitely hear you. Well, I turned up my volume. That's why I can hear you better. Duh. 
Um, but yeah, the phone works out well. And I was going to tell you to turn it to landscape because I think that it works better on the video screen. But I'm not sure if I like that split screen or if I like this other. You can see that, right? You can see it split up. Yeah. All right. Let's. Do you like this this one better? The black background. Either way. Yeah. I think I like that one better. What was that you just had? It looked like a noose. Did you have a noose? No, it was the blinds. Oh, the blinds? It was tied into a noose? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm going to Robin Williams it soon. You're what? Can't take it anymore. Oh, I got you. Robin Williams joke. So where you been, man? What you been doing? Um, been at a blacksmithing class today. Oh, that's right. That I got. That? It was great. Got it for my birthday from a dear friend. And yeah, it's four hours. And I made a, a dagger. And it was super cool. Who gave you that? Uh, Sam, Sam Hansen. Sam Hansen. Sam Hansen, that's a beautiful guy right there. Sam Hansen. Where's he at? He's still in San Diego? Yep. Hopefully. Yeah, he's still in San Diego. He's getting out in, officially, I think it's May or March. But uh, I think he can take all of his all of his leave time and stuff so that he can get out a little earlier, February or something. Right. How many, how many years has he done? It's been like eight years or something, right? Six. Okay. He's done. Huh? He doesn't want to retire. Is it, is it? Nope. Doesn't want it. Doesn't want it. Is it laggy for you? My video's all lagged up. Is my audio lagged up? Um, you're lagging a little bit, I think. I mean, I've been watching my videos, seeing if it was gonna, if it was lagging today, and it doesn't seem like it is. But, but you are a little bit, so maybe it's just your connection. Like you said, you got a shitty one, right? Yeah. Let me see if I can. I mean, it's really no different. You know, I watched uh, Joe Rogan the other day with he uh, he did a Zoom or Skype with. Uh, John Stewart, and it seemed to work kind of the same way. I mean, John Stewart was all laggy, and Joe Rogan looked fine, but. Hmm. Yeah, I think there's like a two, one to two second delay. Yeah, it's a little sound delay, but we'll get through it. My first real test. Hey, my nose is running. Do you want to see how it looks um, on a computer? Well, I don't think it's going to be any different look-wise. Like I said, I think the camera on the iPhone is better than the camera on on any Mac or anything that you got. So I think as far as camera goes, it's going to be better, but it shouldn't be any different connection-wise. It's the same Wi-Fi, right? Yeah. I guess that's true. 
Yeah. I've already done an hour, an hour of a show before you even call it. <laughs> so, this is the long episode. An hour? Yeah, because I, I started at 4.50 because I thought you were calling at 5 o'clock. And um, I said, okay, I'll do 10 or 15 minutes up front. And then next thing I know, it's it's been an hour already. Because it's now 5.52. Yeah, you're going to have to cut that shit short. Well, I, I was actually, I talked about that actually during the podcast. And I said, well, you may not even see this because I might cut out all this stuff at the front and just forget about it. And then I said, you know what? I've never cut anything out of a show ever. So I'll probably leave it in. I don't know. I think What's that's your hurt? problem. I think you got to change some shit up. You got you to gotta evolve. <laughs> no. Nobody yeah. else. Nobody else is cutting stuff out of their show. They they have a show. They you know Joe Rogan does four hours. It's four hours. He didn't. There's no cuts. There's no breaks. No, there's cuts. He he only starts when the guest gets there. Right. Yeah. But he doesn't. He doesn't cut anything out of that show, though. That's what I'm saying. Uh, listen, I'm gonna tell you. I think the show's <laughs> gonna be better if it's not three hours long. Oh, it's not gonna be three hours. We're almost done right now, actually. We just we just got here. I know, I'm just kidding. Wow. So blacksmithing. What what'd you do with blacksmithing? Uh I made a dagger. Learned some oh, I knew it was gonna be some kind of blade. Yeah. It was sweet. Yeah, where is it? It's in the oven. Gotta uh it's part of the process. Got to put it in the oven for two hours when I get home. Oh, so it's kind of like ceramics or something. You got to cure it or whatever that shit is that you got to do. Well, you got to, uh, so you forge it, the metal, you know, using the oven and the anvil. And uh, you make a rough shape of what you want. And then uh, after you're done doing a rough forge, you then take He's got like a little grindstone, mechanical grindstone, and uh, or electric grindstone, and uh, sandpaper wheel. Right. And so you go to it and you kind of rub off any of the imperfections or bumps or edges that you got because it was a rough forge, so you're not it's not going to be perfect. So you kind of sand it down, get some flat edges where you want them, uh, whittle it away to like whatever pattern you want, and then you you know, grind it with the sandpaper back and forth. Um, so it has a dull edge, the resemblance of an edge and a tip. And then uh, after that, it's still not uh, not hard enough because you haven't, uh, uh, what's it called, quenched it. You haven't quenched it. So you haven't taken it from an extreme temperature to a opposite end extreme temperature. Uh, and that's what kind of hardens it and uh, makes it uh, durable and sharp, makes the blade hard and sharp. So once you sand it down and get, get you know, the rough edges you want out, go back to the forge, heat it again, even, and then you quench it. You go straight from the, from heating it up all the way straight into a, bucket of water or uh, we used actually a it was a bucket of salt water with dish soap because apparently that 
reduces the surface tension and, and uh, cools it faster. And with the type of metal I was using, that's what he preferred to use instead of just straight water. You can also use oil, but you just dunk it in there real quick and then uh, swivel it around, let it cool off. And that's it. And then uh, that's the first part. It's hard. It's kind of brittle. So then because it went from a one extreme temperature to another extreme temperature, so then when you get home, you're supposed to put it in the oven at 390 degrees for about two hours. So it kind of softens just a little bit. It's not getting too high in temperature, but it's, you know, not cold either. So it kind of softens the metal a little bit more. And then everything kind of settles better after you do that two-hour portion. And then it'll just be metal. And I got to go back because once you do the sanding and stuff, it's all silver and cool, you know, like a like a blade you would find in a store. But then once you do the second forging, it all turns black again and just looks, got, looks like a piece of metal shaped into a knife. So I'm going to go back on Monday, a, a second grind and a second sandpapering, and you actually put the final edge on it to make it sharp, and then we're going to wrap some uh, some leather cord around the handle finish it up hmm. so i mean you mentioned the salt water so the salt you know normally you don't want to put metal in in salt water that right? corros that corrodes it right so that doesn't happen i guess with the, the soap in there i mean what's i don't know what the purpose of the salt water is well so you're supposed to basically it's a temperature difference so if you go from you know if you go from 1700 degrees to uh, you know, five degrees, that's a huge difference. And the bigger the difference, the harder the metal is. So if you take 1700 degrees, dunk it in some uh, really cold solution, and it brings the temp down drastically, that's what hardens the metal. But if you harden it too much, it gets brittle. So it's, it's easily cracked, or, you know, if you drop it, it'll break. So you don't want to have that drastic amount of time depending on what the carbon amount is carbon content is in the metal you're using I was using a railroad spike it's just got a bunch of railroad spikes that he gets from a, a guy in town and apparently the railroad spike because uh, it's used on the railroad and there's a bunch of vibration when trains come it's got a lower carbon count because it needs to be a little bit more flexible so that it doesn't just snap from the vibrations of the train coming. Okay. So because it's a low carbon count, you can do more drastic temperature changes and you don't have to go as slow with the cooling off process. So he was using rebar and usually you don't, you don't know what kind of metals in rebar, but usually higher carbon content. So for his, he had to dump in water, just kind of room temperature water because Otherwise, it would have broken if he had gone too cold with it. But for mine, it's a little bit more flexible. It's uh, got a little bit more higher carbon, lower carbon content. So he wanted to use a quicker solution because it won't be. It doesn't matter if the temperature is that drastic. So he wanted to cool it down quicker, and the salt water brings the temp of the water, you know, down. And then the dish soap brings the surface area or the surface tension of the water down, so it doesn't. 
kind of bubble around the metal, but it actually stays on the metal and cools it down. Right. So, so that's why I used it. And then the salt water doesn't really matter because you dry it off, uh, you rinse it in regular water, and then you dry it off. So you're really just removing all that stuff I got from you. the metal. <clears throat> so you, you'll go back and, and finish it up. So that's all included in the in whatever Sam bought you to go back and, and do the, the completion to it? No, actually, he was just generous enough to, you know, it took a little while. Uh, you know, we took a little break and had some lunch longer than four hours. And he had another class coming in um, or another person coming in at two. So he was like, hey, I'm going to get some food and, you know, co come back on Monday. I'll be here working on some projects and we'll just do the last bit because apparently it doesn't take very long to do the last bit. So he's like, we'll just take like 10, 15 minutes, sharpen everything up, polish it, wrap the leather around it. And uh, he w isn't going to charge me. So. Okay. So originally it was supposed to just be a four-hour class. Yeah. Yeah. And it's all one-on-one? -on -one, yeah, he does, well, he does group classes, I think up to six people or something. But, uh, you know, with uh, COVID going on, he switched to just private classes. Yeah, it makes sense. So, so and, in, and in the... Does he try and sell, try and upsell you while you're there and say, "Hey, why don't you come back and do another class and we'll do something even cooler"? No, I mean he's he's just like he's just there to teach people black about blacksmithing and maybe get people interested. Right. So it's just the one class. Okay. Yeah, just one class. You make a make a thing, and then if you want to come back, you make another thing. He's got it's it's graded, so you can do like a two hour class. And just make like a hook or a wall hanging or something. Right. Or, a, you know, a piece of silverware or something. You know, a rough piece of silverware. Or you have the four-hour class where you can make something like a, a knife or something a little more intricate. And then he has like an eight-hour class where you really get into it, get into the process and really hone whatever you're trying to make. You do, do the whole thing. There's a carpentry component if you're making a nice a knife for the eight hour class, so you can make an actual handle and you know bolt it to the to the metal. But yeah. for the four hour class, you know you could do a paracord wrap or you could do a leather wrap or you, you could make the handle you know make it a little more intricate out of the metal and just have the metal. I wanted to do a, a leather handle, so we'll do that on Monday. Cool. And did you talk to that guy at all? Did you figure out how he got started in that? Or, you know, how did he get interested in blacksmithing? And why is he doing instruction? And what's his background? No? No, I, I mean, we we there for four hours, so we talked for sure. He was, uh, he grew up overseas. And so he was kind of run ran around in the jungle and stuff. It was what he was saying. So he's always been kind of <clears throat> worldly, hands-on. But I think how he started was as a carpenter. And then his uh, maybe his brother was more of a metal worker. And he just, I think his brother lent him a, an oven. And uh, he started 
messing around with blacksmithing, but I think he's a carpenter. But I know he's a, a sculptor and an artist more more so than, you know, making knives and stuff. So I think he, he dealt more in sculpting and, and, and then he into blacksmithing, you know, however many years back. And he's just been messing around with his little oven making knives and axes and hatchets and stuff. Yeah. So, so I know you're, you're in Arizona, you're in Flagstaff, Arizona. So, which is the number one hotspot for the coronavirus right now. Right. I mean, you guys are number one in the world, I think, as far as cases per 100 or per 1 million people or some, some shit I saw, I think I sent you the article, but so when you go to this blacksmithing class, do you have to wear a mask when you're out in public and, and you wear a mask when you're doing the blacksmithing and all that kind of stuff or what? Uh, if you're comfortable, I, I walked in with a mask and he had a mask and, uh, you know, we kind of said, I quarantine, you quarantine. If you're comfortable, I'm comfortable. We can take off the masks. Otherwise we can keep them on. You know, it was hot. It was just us. And so we were like, we, we figured it be fine. We're not touching each other or anything. We're, you know, we're standing a distance apart while, you know, he's hamming, hammering and I'm watching and then I'm hammering and he's kind of looking at stuff. So we're not like face to face talking the whole time. We're doing stuff while we're there and we were a little bit distanced, but it was only the two of us. So figured if you feel just three days from now, stay home. I'll do the same. We agreed upon it. All right. Well, I got you. So what are the rules right now in Arizona? I mean, I know what the rules are here in South Carolina. Well, I guess we'll talk about that a little bit and kind of talk about the differences of what each state is doing. But, you know, we're one of the, the I think we're in the top four right now as far as hotspots South Carolina is. And you guys are, I think, still number one. Uh, maybe Florida might be number one or Texas. But um, what are the rules right now for you guys? I think we are number one. What's everything? Um, well, restaurants are still open. Bars are closed. Uh, gyms are closed. You still have. Let's, you still have in 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 store in in restaurant dining, or is it just uh, to go only, or what? Uh, well, it's kind of up to the play. A lot of the places are taking it pretty seriously, so a lot of them are are back to takeout. Some of them are still dining in because they have the space to move the tables apart and stuff. And, you know, everybody's wearing masks. So some people are still open for dine-in. Not too many. Every, most Everyone went back to takeout. Um, right. You know, the masks are mandatory in, in public or in uh, settings unless you're at, you know, a table in a restaurant that's socially distanced or something. Um, but yet you have to wear your mask at all times in public. And everybody's taking that pretty seriously too. You know, you can't go into restaurants or go up to drive-throughs or or anything without having your mask on, and they'll turn you away. So Flagstaff's taking it pretty seriously. I don't know how Phoenix is. I haven't been down there. I'm assuming a little less stringent. Right. Um, I mean, yeah, Phoenix is a little more a little more red, right, than than Flagstaff is. Yeah, for the most part. I mean, Flagstaff's kind of fifty-fifty. Uh, it's not. It's not overtly either way, but I feel like, 
you know, besides the tourism that comes up here from Phoenix and other places, the people who live here are, you know, relatively taking it pretty, pretty seriously doing, doing what they should be doing. But, uh, you know, Governor Ducey brought, left it up to the mayors, you know, how stringent they wanted to be. He didn't really, he put a, a 30 day thing back in effect where, you know, you should wear your mask and bars are closed and gyms are closed, but he left, you know, the mandatory mask wearing and a couple other things up to the mayors of each city. So everyone's doing a, something a little bit different, but. Okay. So he didn't make, he didn't order the mandatory mask. It's left up to the mayor, you said? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. That's kind of the way our state is doing it too. I, mean, I don't think our mayor has, has any guts at all to do anything really, any measures whatsoever, but he's leaving it up to, to the mayors as well. But I wish he would just make a mandatory you know, statewide ordinance to, to wear a mask, but it's not going to happen. No, at this point, you know, cases just keep climbing. No, people aren't going to do what, do what they're supposed to do. But right. I, I know I'm in a different, you state know, over here. you know, it's a, definitely the South is a more Republican or whatever. And, that, you know, Arizona is pretty Republican as well. But do you notice that as far as compliance over there in Arizona is, is really based on if you're a Trump supporter or if you're not a Trump supporter, whether you wear a mask or don't wear a mask type thing. I mean, what do you see over there? Yeah, I mean, I would say that's, you know, it's a broad generalization and I don't know everyone in town, so I can't, you know, I'm not going to be one of the, these Facebook people that tell you, oh, yeah, that's how it is. But um, generally, I mean, if you stereotype I mean, a Trump supporter and you stereotype someone who's not a Trump supporter, then I would say, yeah, it's probably. But if you don't want to stereotype anybody, I can't really say, you yeah. know, if that's the case. I mean, that, that's pretty much what I see. And that's what I see on my Facebook feed and whatever. And anybody that I know, everybody that I know that is a Trump supporter is against the mask and against COVID in general. They think it's a hoax. You know, they think it's uh, that by the time the election happens, that it's just going to go away. So, um and that's what I see on my end of the, the country, but yeah. So I'm well, not I'm not trying to generalize. That's the fact, <laughs> as far as what I see in my world. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't it's the facts, you know, throughout the entire United States, but that's the facts right here that I see. But yeah, yeah, and I, I think it depends. I have a lot of friends and close to the healthcare industry and. I definitely, I think people, you know, maybe some uh, supporters that are in healthcare, Trump supporters that are in healthcare might have a different opinion, but, you yeah. know, everyone in healthcare is saying that it's, you know, wear your mask, so, but, yeah, I'd say that's it, and, you know, uh, we probably have such a, <clears throat> we probably keep growing because, you know, the mayor didn't, uh, or the governor excluded churches from the, the order to wear masks and things, so. Oh, really? Yeah. So you're talking about the mayor of Flagstaff? No, the governor. Governor Ducey didn't uh, didn't bar churches from doing anything. Gave churches the uh, the pass. So you know, and then I'm a little more uh, I'm a little more comfortable generalizing churchgoers as uh, certain supporters. So I'll say that they probably aren't wearing their masks in huge congregations. So, so why are you more comfortable saying that and not so comfortable with the political side of it? Uh, 
a stronger opinion on religion than politics. <laughs> okay. All right. That's fair enough. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't understand why they get a pass either. I mean, it's just, it's fucking ridiculous. And, you know, and the people out there that are saying, you know, that uh, the Bible tells you that you, you shouldn't cover your face and all this kind of bullshit. I don't know. It's just, oh, man. I just, I don't even want to get into it, really. It's just so silly. But it's just, it infuriates me that there are different rules for different people. And, you know, we should be able to tell everybody, look, for public safety, for the safety of the world, just put a goddamn mask on. You know, I don't care what your religion is, whatever. Maybe if you have some kind of health consequence, which I don't even know what that health consequence would be where you can't wear a mask. Uh, maybe somebody like, you know, your grandfather that uh, had a double lung transplant maybe doesn't need to be wearing a mask and, and you know, constricting his breathing. But right. other than that, I don't even know what the what the rules would be for a medical exemption. But. You know, I, yeah, I was up just in today drinking a beer, and you're supposed to have a mask to come into the grocery store. All the employees are supposed to wear a mask, and there was a guy up at the counter ordering a beer that didn't have a mask on. And I'm thinking to myself, why are you even serving this guy? You should tell him to get the fuck out because he's not obeying the rules. And then I looked down, and I saw he had flat feet. So I said, oh, well, maybe he's got, because he's got flat feet, he can't wear a mask. I don't know. I don't know what the rules are. I don't know. I, I, I don't think... I think it's up to the individual employee too that you know might just let something slip because they're like I'm not going to tell people not to wear you know to wear masks. Yeah, people don't people don't like uh, confrontations or conflicts, so yeah, it's definitely definitely a problem with uh, employees not uh, taking a stand with their customers. But you know, I was at Homegrown Brew House last night and there were some customers that came in and walked up to the bar w without a mask on, and if I was still working there, I would have turned them away and said go somewhere else. But uh, the bartender that is working there now did not turn away. So uh, by the time I yeah. got out of there at nine o'clock, I was I was glad I was leaving because it was getting a little a little silly. But. Yeah, yeah, it's you know, uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's just going going back to the uh, you know church thing. Just self righteousness. It's what all it's what all of it is. So self self absorption. That's all, all. All they care about is is their uh, uh, themselves. They think that congregating in a building to uh, worship something that, if is if it is real, doesn't doesn't fucking care about you is uh, important. It's not. You want to worship? That's fine. I mean, uh, I I don't have a problem with spirituality and doing something that helps you and makes you feel feel good about yourself and about your place in the world. But you can do it virtually. Don't don't be so uh, self obsessed with your your thing that you know you you have to go somewhere and not wear a mask to do it. I think that's ridiculous. It's you know if people treated it like it is a self help activity, a hobby, a club that you attend, you know, then you could do it virtually. But the minute the minute you say you can't go into that space and do that thing with with uh, without a mask on. People freak out because, you know, uh, it's their cornerstone. It's such a big deal. Uh, it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's a little silly. <clears throat> Kids are learning virtually. Everything's happened virtually. Just do it virtually. Yeah. Jesus is in your heart. Why you got to be in a building? Yeah, that's true. And, and there was a lot of people, you know, before this whole breakout, 
that I would have conversations with about, uh, you know, going to church and, you know, why do you have to go to church on Sunday and Wednesday and, you know, five days out of the week or whatever that you're going to church, you, you can worship from home. You can do it whenever. And uh, people said, oh, well, you know, religion is not a church and religion is not this and that. Well, all of a sudden it's now a church. All of a sudden you have to go to church, you know, once this COVID thing started up. Now all of a sudden, oh, we have to be in a church to worship. I don't understand yeah why the mindset changed, but I think it's just trying to buck the, the whole system as far as the pandemic goes. But yeah, again, people just don't want to mostly those people are mostly Trump supporters. I mean, let's be honest. I'll say that. I'll say that about Christians. <laughs> I'll say I mean, that all day not, about Christians. Trump supporters, but Republican. Let's just, let's go there. Yeah. More, more conservative than not. Most likely. Yeah. You haven't said anything about the shirt I'm wearing. Ah, oh, yeah, Paragon. Yeah. Look at that. Look at that. They got some new shirts. They're pretty cool. They just had their 10-year anniversary last week or the week before, I think. Really? 10 years? 10 years. So they got uh, got some shirts made that are pretty cool. Go to ParagonAthletics.com and buy one. Support local gyms don't support any of those big box support your local gym right and i saw i was showing a a friend of mine a video that she did the other day i don't know when it was i don't know what the date was on it but i guess it was ryan's birthday or something you did a video about carrying a a bucket with some rocks and kettlebell in it whatever but so you still i did i still got the bruises yeah so I know you you worked there for a long time, but you still heavily support those guys, right? Yeah, I worked there for about a little, uh, a little over three years, and uh, yeah, love them. Love love the uh, love the business. Love the the philosophy of what they do over there. Um, heavily influenced my outlook on fitness and the body and what's good for you and what's some maybe something to stray away from and uh especially in relation to pain and and function out in the real world got a lot of great ideas uh ryan is a savant of the subject and uh just has the mind for it and built some something uh really amazing from the ground up so support them any chance i can what is ryan's background is he a physical therapist or is he just an athletic trainer i mean what's his what's his deal so he's an athlete first his uh his dad was a race jockey um which until until i met ryan i didn't know was such an intense sport but it is um so like a horse, he's a race like a jockey horse, and his dad kind of yeah horse jockey okay and um, his dad kind of gave him the the bug of being an athlete and um, working hard and, you know, just putting pedal to the metal and everything you do. And so Ryan kind of took that on uh, towards climbing and, and training. And so he was actually a sponsored athlete, a climbing athlete back in the day and, um, you know, learned from a couple different people. And then just got really invested in fixing himself 
and uh, helping others fix themselves as well. And I say fix, that's probably what he would have said back then. Um, but really, you know, ad adapting themselves would probably be a, a better term to use. Um, but he, he just took that and, you know, got a couple certifications and training, things like that, and then decided to open his open up his own thing. And, um, you know, he kind of fell because he was so good at what he did. You know, he was training people and people would get hurt or, you know, have have uh, some little tweaks, some twinges, pains. And he just started working with it and um, figuring stuff out in, in terms of that and kind of just built himself up to be, you know, a very well-read, well-researched um, trainer. And now, you know, uh, nothing against physical therapy, but people who uh, might not have gone to a very good clinic, a very good clinician, you know, and, and not not have uh, gotten help from that, that person or, or a few people in some cases in terms of pain and function. They go to Ryan and have great experiences and get better within, you know, uh, a few weeks to a month and, um he just has the mind for it and has built himself a reputation for being good at dealing with pain and function and uh, athletic training. And so he's uh, kind of just self-made in that regard and celebrated, just celebrated 10 years with, uh, with his wife, Betsy, who's co-owner and uh, the other trainer there, Laurel. And yeah, they're just continuing to do amazing things. They, they put on some on online programming that I'll plug here. ParadonAthletics.com, go there. They have online packages now for very, very affordable prices. Constantly putting content up, uh, strength classes, endurance classes, whatever your uh, whatever your gig is, running, strength training, climbing, hiking. They got all sorts of programs for you, and they're doing injury packs now. So if you got any tweaks, Achilles pain, heel pain, knee pain, shoulder pain, elbow pain. You got all these different, uh, you know, injuries or tweaks and stuff, pain that you, you have. They are uh, putting together some packages for people that you can do online, follow a program, and and hopefully get out of those little sticky situations and get back to being active. So encourage everyone to go over there and either uh, get an online membership or buy one of those packages. And if you got one of those specific uh Little little tweaks that you're trying to work through, they'll they'll help you out. Right. So, how did you even get hooked up with those guys? I mean, I know. I mean, I think I know that you know. Of course, your mother and I were both in the in the medical career field. I was in physical therapy, occupational therapy, a little bit of chiropractic. Your mother, of course, is a nurse. Um. How did you get hooked up with Paragon? And did you get hooked up with them because that was just your background? I mean, do you feel like you had a background in in fitness and nutrition and stuff because of because of your parents? And then just you had that interest and you said, oh, well, this would be a good job for me to have and just kind of searched out an athletic facility? Or what was the – how did you get in, involved with those guys, I guess, is a big question. Uh, I fell into it. Um I came to Flagstaff to go to school, Northern Arizona University, alums, um, and then, uh, you know, I wanted to do something with screenwriting, filmmaking, you know, uh, you know, we were always into that growing up with you, and so I wanted to, you know, maybe break into um, being a, a 
a production person or a screenwriter or something in, in um, filmmaking in Hollywood or New York. So I took a few courses, majored in that, and then, you know, always had a, a strong desire to be in some kind of public service uh, due to you guys, due to, you know, some other family members as well. So then I tried criminal justice. You know, nothing was really kind of sticking. It was all kind of interesting, but didn't really know uh, what I, I wanted to do. And the classes weren't very interesting, honestly. And then, um, you know, by that time, you know, I'd been uh, working out and uh, trying to uh, be educated on health since high school. So, um, and we had done a few Spartan races by then. So I figured. Uh, there was a new degree that had just come out called fitness wellness. Talked to my advisor about it. Thought I like to work out. Let's do it. That's interesting. And so, <laughs> took a few classes, liked it, and decided, you know what, I got to graduate sometime. I'm already a semester behind, so I'm gonna stick with this. And um, I liked the subject matter. You know, it's something that you could learn while experimenting on yourself. And uh, it's something everyone needs and everything everyone goes through and it's a it should be a big part of everyone's lives so i figured it was a, a noble thing to endeavor to get a degree in and um in my capstone class which you have to get an internship for i had written a lot of papers on kettlebells and at that time you know functional fitness corrective exercise things i was interested in uh functional functional training type things um maces kettlebells all those implements and had done a lot of research on a lot of the pioneers of those of those tools and those types of programs and so my professor who do uh looks around town and down in phoenix and stuff for for internship sites you know she mentioned that she had just gotten in contact with a new site that she was trying to bring on to the program as as one of the internships and you know from my papers and things she thought it would be a good fit it's called Paragon Athletics. So I went down and met Ryan. <clears throat> you know, I was the the first intern that they were interviewing for because they were going to be a new internship site. So I didn't really know how to interview for internships, and Ryan didn't really know how to interview people for internships. So we kind of just shot the shit about kettlebells while he was teaching a class. And I immediately walked in to the gym. He was around, you know, cueing people, helping people. It all everyone was just looked insanely athletic and you know there were kettlebells everywhere dumbbells everywhere bands on the walls pull-up bars you know there's a climbing wall in the back uh the office was a loft uh two garage doors opened up in the space um you know and then uh, here comes this guy walking towards me who uh you know has kind of a soul patch his hair's a mess he's super jacked and but he's uh just you know got the biggest smile helping people and joking around with people and just gives me a super informal interview and you know as i turn to walk away there's a tapestry of bruce lee hanging from the wall and a poster of muhammad ali on the wall and just fell in love with the place immediately going in and and had really good uh well, just personality at that point, because I really didn't know anything. He quizzed me, a few, uh, you know, quizzed me on things that, uh, and I didn't know anything about anything. So I thought I failed the inter interview because um, I, di I didn't know shit that I thought I knew. 
Uh, but anyway, just kind of fell into it that way and interned for them my last semester of school and apparently did a good job because they offered me a job after I graduated and I stuck around and learned more in probably the, the first year I was there, learned more than the, all four years of college um, wow. in, in terms of training and helping people and what was actually applicable and what was outdated and what worked, what didn't work. So, um, you know, felt, felt like an idiot for a while, still felt like an idiot when I left, honestly, but, you know, I had a little bit more of a solid background, but, uh, yeah, I, mean, I just did 21 years in the military and I still felt like I didn't know anything when I left. So, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like that's the healthcare industry in general, but then it's also, uh, training is such a, a broad thing and anyone can do it, but to do it well, you actually have to know some shit and a lot of people don't. And I'm very fortunate that I hit a place that could impart on me the knowledge that actually makes change and helps people and is, is very, uh, intelligent. So, right. uh, yeah, fell into it. Now, um, you know, I got a different job, a university job, but I'm still always, helping people uh, who message me on Instagram and, uh, you know, trying to put up some videos, experimenting on myself, keeping up with the research in hopes that one day I'll be back in it because that is really what I feel most comfortable in. That is uh, what I'm passionate about. So hopefully I'm at least only part-time at a desk in the future uh, right. and, and full-time helping people. Yeah, so I just put this up so they can go to Dale Fit on Instagram, right? And you put up all your videos and stuff up there. It's mostly yeah, a fitness not as, Instagram. Yeah, not as prolific as it was when I was working there, but uh, there's definitely a backlog of some videos and always available to chat about anything and everything. And, you know, I try to keep up with a lot of the industry leaders on Instagram and stuff. So uh, made a few connections there. But, yeah. I don't really post a, a lot nowadays, but what I do post is usually fitness related. So, yeah. And you do you do what now for NAU? What do you do over there? I am a we're talking about it's interesting. It's not it's not that interesting. <laughs> More interesting. <laughs> I mean, we could talk about the state of education in a pandemic. Yeah, I mean that was one thing I was going to bring up. Role in the university, I know. but. I know people are trying to get, or the president, I say people, but a lot of people that support the president are saying, hey, we need to get the kids back to school this fall. But um, is that the same thing for universities? I mean, are they trying to push that same agenda? Yeah, I mean, it's even more hairy for the universities, honestly, because especially in Arizona, you know, public schools are funded by the state, obviously. Uh, we're a public institution. And Arizona is notoriously uh, underfunding education. Uh, it's pretty much their reputation across the board is that they don't really appreciate uh, putting money into education. So, you know, our public schools lack for it, uh, but that also trans translates into the universities as well because they are public institutions. So, um, you know, we've gotten, uh, I think we... At one point, uh, a, a long time ago, we were getting like 35 to 45 percent 
uh, money from the state, and then the rest was tuition dollars. And now we're getting 16% from the state, and the rest is tuition dollars. So this pandemic has really actually thrown public, public uh, yeah, of trying to grab at straws to, to you know all of the amenities and uh, high level they have to provide. So uh, it's been it's been a pretty pretty hard grind money for this next semester and you know uh, uh, the future in general so yeah well that kind of kind of blows man really and you know and then you got the president that's saying you know if, if uh, these states don't put their kids back to school that he's going to cut more funding or deny them funding or whatever. So it's just, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to do about it. You know, and, and then you have a doctor out there that says that, you know, we haven't done, the kids haven't been out and about during this whole pandemic. They've been at home. So we, we haven't done testing on kids. We don't know how this thing is affecting kids a whole lot. There's not a lot of uh, data and science out there. So we're going to force these kids to go back into a school and be, uh, you know, we know that they're going to be non-compliant with masks. I mean, they're not going to, you know, they're fidgety. They're not going to, they're going to take it on and off. They're, they're not going to social distance because they, they like to interact with other kids and they want to touch and feel and do all these kind of things and, and, and uh, hug and everything else with all these other kids, the friends that they have. So just a big ball of wax, man, that I just don't, I don't think we need to get into this early this fall, especially in the states that uh, are having these hotspots like yours and, and mine and, and Florida and Texas and California. But I don't know. I just don't think it's the right move, even on yeah, university, on a, really, you know, with older people. But yeah, I mean, it is a hard, a hard uh, area to negotiate with because, you know, at least at the university level, you can't really have everyone not come to to, to school. You know, we we rely on uh, you know staff, faculty. Everybody relies on tuition dollars, and if you're not at least tried some in-person services for the tuition price, then people aren't going to come or people aren't going to pay. They're going to go to a private institution that has money because they didn't get cut by the state. Um, you know that can still give you, you know, um, a, a really nice library and a really good dining hall and um, really good. Um, pay for uh, in their tuition, you know, um, I went to college. Man, you're cutting in and out pretty badly at this point. Oh, well, we lost him. Uh, maybe he's going to come back. I don't know. I knew we were going to have some problems with uh, with some connection, but um, it did pretty well there for a while, right, guys? And now all of a sudden, yeah. Are you there? I'm back. Yeah, you cut out for a second. Yeah, you started getting you started getting real kind of glitchy, and then all of a sudden it just went dark. But but you know that's what happens, right? 
You look glitchy too. Oh yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So how does that work? So Tacoma can flag. Can you hear me? Yeah. All right. So how does that work? So if you're doing virtual stuff there at NAU versus actually sitting in a classroom, is it is it less tuition? I mean, are they discounting pricing and stuff like that? No. They kind of are. Basically, they a policy where basically every class has to put all their content online just in case someone has it, has COVID, doesn't want to come to class, or needs to stay home. They're, they're putting everything online, so they had to switch everything. And they, they put in new technology to each lecture hall, a, a bunch of different cameras and things. So that's a little bit more of an immersive experience online than it would be if it was just, you know, a traditional online class, which is usually you don't even get, you'll like to get, you know, readings and assignments handed out to you. Mm -hmm. um, so they put all this new technology in, and then they also put, uh, made it more class times available so that, people could go in in sessions. So basically in a class that was Friday, you'd be bro broken up into like 10 or 15 people and you would only go to class one day a week out of those three days and the rest would be online. So more of a hybrid schedule. Um, as far as that goes, you, you're going to pay full tuition in state or out of state. There is a waiver that you can uh, fill out to get but in your fees. So they're making it as accessible as possible and trying to make it as normal as possible, even though there's there's really not going to be any normal. But, uh, you know, people people still get dorm dorm housing. You know, uh, it's just a little bit more space. They're trying to make it, you know, doing the best they can. You in your Man, I think you might have gone again. I don't know. I don't know what's going on here, Brian. We might have to cut this thing fucking short. I've got uh, I've got a glitch on my end now too. But... I can't hear anything. I'm not talking right now. Can you oh, hear me now? There you go. You're back now. <laughs> you work. <laughs> yeah. You were going through all this stuff, and then all of a sudden you just went silent, and then your screen froze, and then I didn't hear anything. So I don't know. Uh, but basically, what you connections is, is there's no there's no discounts whatsoever. I mean, you still got to pay the full fucking price, even though you're not physically in a class. Well, it's twenty five discount, twenty five percent discount to fees. But yeah, okay. there's no tuition discount. I didn't hear that part, but yeah. But, but fees, I mean, you. Hey, what what kind of fees are we talking about? I mean, what, what are we discounting? What's the 25%? Well, basically, tuition goes to the faculty most, most of the time. All the, you know, um, and, and to a lot of the, like, dining hall, a lot of these amenities. Um, 
but tuition is mostly just covers your courses, right? Right, basically. And then you have uh, additional fees that cover uh, a bunch of initiatives for the campus and a bunch of other things that you get included in the campus, like campus transportation, campus health and services, campus uh, oh, scholarship fund, which is, you know, how they get a lot of the more, you know, they, they ask everyone to help out with that. End up being, you know, an additional, like, I don't know, $1,000 maybe, and you get a 25% discount on that. All right. I mean, I guess that's their choice. They could go somewhere else if they didn't like what the fees were or what they were paying. So, or just not go to school at all. But um, I just, I thought they would be a little more cost effectiveness, I guess, going on with this whole thing going on. But, but I guess 25% is, is a good discount. Really. I mean, you know, it's better than nothing, and you, you got to realize that the city is in no position to give a bunch of discounts because the state doesn't care about education. So they didn't care then, and now because they didn't care then, we have to uh, to keep our prices high. You know, the cost of education goes up because the government doesn't care about education. And now it, the cost of education is super high in general, and then we're in a state that doesn't care. So, right. you know... If things had been a little bit different before the pandemic, we might not be in this situation and kids could get an affordable education and and uh, and be okay with the hybrid model or the online model. But, you know, there's really nothing the universities can do because they got to stay open. Yeah. And I think that's the problem with a lot of the, uh, you know, the, the public schools as well, as far as elementary, middle, high school, whatever is. You know, they're saying, look, you want us to reopen, but uh, you got to give us some funding. You got to give us some extra, extra money on top of maybe the low funding that you're already fucking giving me because we're going to have to supply masks and we're going to have to, uh, you know, update our, our filtration system and our air conditioning and all this other kind of stuff. And we're going to have to put up barriers and borders and distancing and all this kind of thing. So, you know, the, the schools are screaming, you want us to open up? Well, you got to give us the funds and the, and the means to open up safely, but. That's not happening either. Right. Well, and I think this is a, uh, and I don't think they should. I think, I think teachers in uh, schools should stand their ground and say, hey, fuckers, maybe, uh, maybe now's the time to pay us more. Yeah. Yeah. It wouldn't be a bad thing to, uh, to make that part of, uh, you know, the, the protest is, look, now's a good time to say, hey, uh, we need some change in the educational system, as well as some change in the, the social system and the racial system and Black Lives Matter and whatever other thing you want to throw into it. I mean, it seems like now is the time to, if you have a voice and you want to put something out there and you want to exhibit some change, <laughs> now might be the time to do it. Now might be the time to scream. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's the perfect time. I mean, you know, say what you want about the pandemic you know you can be extreme one way and say it's all conspiracy or you can be the other way and say that the government's trying to kill its own people or something i don't know by not taking care of it but in any case whatever your view on the pandemic is it definitely has sh shined a, a huge light on 
a lot of the issues and uh, underlying, you know, infrastructure issues that we have in our in our country. And I think, yeah. you know, if nothing else, you know, whether it's a hoax, whether it's uh, real and killing a bunch of people, either way, our healthcare system, our education system, our preparedness for uh, things like this, our international relations, everything was affected uh, by this situation and really um, brought to light that we are a, a house of cards and yeah, we should probably I mean, fix absolutely. it. Hopefully everybody should be, you know, from the government on down to the individual, you know, you and me should be rewriting all their contingency plans and rethinking life in general. And, uh, you know, what, what is important, what's not important, um, currency, um, pandemics, uh, sanitization, um, stock of, you know, masks and ventilators and all this other kind of stuff. And hopefully, and I think it has, it's helped to rewrite a lot of rules and constitutions and laws and stuff and people are just going to kind of rethink how we run this country and uh even more so the world hopefully probably won't happen for another 10 years but you know maybe this is the seed will sprout <laughs> yeah. into a yeah i mean good I might, I, i'll probably see it toward the end of my lifetime you know the, the fruits of all this labor and and all the suffering that we're doing right now but uh, hopefully you guys, uh, the younger guys, are going to see a huge change, like you said, in 10, 15, 20 years or whatever. But, and, yeah. Um, but, and I think you guys are driving a lot. You of know what? Uh, girls, the 30-year-olds are driving a lot of uh, the progress, progressive movements that are going on in this country. But Oh, yeah. I mean, I think, and, you know, uh, I think – liberal, conservative, whatever you are, I think a, a huge issue is that there is not current generational representation in any of our public domains. Say that one more time. I don't think there's any generational representation in any of our governing bodies. Okay. I don't think, I think that's a, a, a part of the issue is you got a, a bunch of old white guys from a different generation with different technology and different social, uh, different social policies and, and uh, uh, different ways of thinking and different education backgrounds that are, are running a country full of a new generation that has different thoughts and wants and needs and, and changes to make. And, uh, yeah, I just think there needs to be kind of a mass exodus of the uh, of the older generation to let some some new ideas and new policies come through, and it, it, it that's probably never going to happen because that's the whole point. <clears throat> the other generation says, "No, this is mine. It's not going to change because this is the way it's always been. This is the way it's going to be, and this is how it's worked. That doesn't work anymore." And I think the the older the the person in politics, the more resistant to the kind of change this new generation needs that, that they are. So I think that's a huge problem too. Bunch of old people. Right. And, you know, one of the huge benefits, you know, 
I did. I served my country. I did 21 years in the Air Force, obviously, and um, I don't regret any of that. But you know, I don't have the the support and the love that I had of the military when I was actually serving when I was in there. I, I, I think um, I don't know. Let's get off that subject. But what I was going to say is the good thing about the military was is you always had a changeover. You always had you know you don't have these people that are sitting in Congress for 40, 50, 60 years. And doing the same job, and like you said, it is a bunch of old white guys. I mean, let's be honest. But um, the good thing about the military was you always changed uh, locations every two, three, four years or whatever. You always had fresh blood that came into the military, that came into a base, and they would come in and say, why are you doing this this way? And somebody would actually say that. You know, it's always been done this way. That's the way it's always been done. And uh, you always had fresh eyes that would come in and say, well, that's stupid. We need to start doing it this way. And you would rewrite uh, what we called instructions, or uh, they used to call them regulations back in the day. But people would come in and uh, come in with fresh ideas because you always had a turnover. You always had, had change. And I think that's where, you know, people talk about the term limits and all this stuff, kind of stuff need to come in, that we need to get some of these old people out of there that are just doing the same old things over and over and over and over again. And um, I think that's what's kind of ruining, ruining this country. And I think that's what Trump is supporting. He keeps talking about draining the swamp, but I, uh, it seems like to me he's doing the same old stuff that's always been done, um, even though the perception is that he's not. But but I think that was the good thing about the military is you always had changeover. And I think, I guess what I'm getting to is we need uh, changeover in government um, at the big level, at the top level. You know, the, the yeah. mayors and the governors and everybody else seem to, to kind of change out. Uh, quite frequently, but you have all these people that are in Congress and the House and the Senate and things like that that just stay there forever. And uh, ideas never change. They never get upgraded. And, uh, you know, change, what they say is the only constant, right? But it doesn't seem like that happens at the highest level. No. I mean, we're still, for the most part, holding on to a 200-year-old document document to uh, govern uh extremely large and uh, technologically advanced nation. So, I mean, that right there is fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, we could talk about politics all day, but I hate talking about politics, so I want to get off of that subject. But um, hopefully... Eventually, soon, one day, I'm going to come and see actually what is going on in Arizona. <laughs> I keep I keep talking about it. I've talked about it for five years that I was going to get on the road and come out, uh, start traveling and, and come out that direction for sure. But um, this freaking pandemic and the riots and everything else that's going on has really put a damper in to some of my travel plans. But hopefully I'm going to get out there eventually and check it out for myself and see what's going on and see how it differs from what's going on in South Carolina for sure. So. Yep. Selling all your shit. Selling all the shit, man. Not as much as I want to be selling. Uh, a lot of shit sitting out there that needs to sell, but I just got to keep dropping the price and eventually somebody's going to buy it. Had my dad come yep. over today, granddaddy, and uh, picked up a bunch of the china that I still had left and Took it to some thrift store down the road, so he's helping me kind of get rid of some stuff as well that I nice. can't sell. Yep, all that shit's worthless. Yeah. 
So I guess we can talk about that real quick, right? Minimalism? Sure. <laughs> I love minimalism. I mean, unless you got something else you want to talk about, then we can we can talk about that and wrap it up, I guess. But no, I mean... Uh, yeah, I got a roast downstairs that's smelling really good right now. Yep, because you fasted. Yeah, I talked about but all the, that uh, up front. But... All that up front shit's going to be cut. No, it's not being cut. I'll tell people if you want to if you want to see Brian go to you know one hour in. Listen, we got to talk about how you run this podcast because you know <laughs> no, we don't because I own not, it. I run. No, it's not. Uh, you need to you need to have some rules embedded in your in your business structure, man. I've got some rules. My rule is no filter. That's my rule. Listen, you talked about like all your new equipment for like thirty minutes, and then the theme music came on, and you introduced yourself. That's not. That's not how you how it should be. Yeah, that's how it should be. Sometimes people <laughs> like it. I get feedback, man. People love it. They Who? Love it. Hey, listen. What I'm doing. Listen, I've seen the people you interact with on your Facebook. I don't think that their comments are worth worth you uh, not not being able to change shit up. Oh, those people aren't watching the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> trust, trust me, those people have no clue I even have a podcast, probably. Those, yeah, those Facebook people, man. Facebook in general. You, you, you're, uh, you know, posting, posting articles and stuff, that's the, that's the way it should, you should do it, you know, and then actually read them. But, man, yeah. those, those fucking Neanderthals on Facebook. Oh yeah, it's crazy. It is ridiculous, I but I enjoy it. I, I know it's, it's fun. <laughs> no, I know you, it's kind of like a hobby for you. But I, I, I actually have you unfollowed on Facebook, so I don't see any of your your posts. But then I, sometimes true. I go, sometimes I go and, and just type in your name just to just to see what uh, stupid shit people are saying on your stuff. Because most of the time, you know. Sometimes you do say opinion things, and I think on Facebook, you know, you can have like a overarching opinion about an article or something, but in general, I don't think you should just do big blobs of, uh, of opinion pieces with no nothing attached to it, because I think that's how people are like, well, no, this is fucking what what this said, and this this fucking and no one puts any no one puts any references or anything in it, right? But. It's just a fucking echo chamber of stupidity, Facebook. Oh, for sure. And I mean, probably a lot of a lot of stuff I say is. I mean, fun. it's fun as a hobby, you know. That's how you use it, pretty much. But uh, yeah. you know, like well, the other day, I was I I. I'll be honest. I use it. I mean, a lot of a lot of people that follow me on on my personal page actually follow my craft conversations page as well. So. I kind of use it more as like a Howard Stern type thing where I'm just trying to be a lot of times I'm trying to be controversial and um, it's kind of like that in the movie private parts where the guy comes in talking about the ratings of, of, the, of the radio show, you know, Howard Stern and says that uh, yeah. there's more listeners that listen that don't like Howard Stern that they just want to see what he's going to say next. So I kind of use that same mantra as well. Uh, hopefully, people want to see what I'm going to say next. So, 
Yeah. Well, that makes sense. There you go, everyone. That's the that's the motivation for all you people <laughs> watching this show. <laughs> right. Yeah. People want to know. They want to know what Brian's well, going to say. I don't know. Those, some of those fucking people. Even people on, uh, you know, I was reading a little Flagstaff City government post that they posted, you know, just saying like, hey, these are the new policies for masks or whatever. And just the stupid shit everyone was saying on those comments. It's ridiculous. And all I did, I, I went, I, uh, I posted, you know, some, uh, some things about masks. Because uh, it was like one of the only times I've ever commented since this pandemic thing happened, but I just felt like it, it's my town. This is a city post. I'll I'll comment, and it was a comment that was like, you know, just wear your fucking mask, be kind to people, do it out of respect, do it, you know, this that. I think you saw it. I posted it as a as an actual post too. I posted it as a comment first. Yeah. And uh, um. You know, this random lady in Flagstaff just said, this is all incorrect. This is dumb. You're trampling on my freedoms. This is all incorrect. You have, you're misinformed. And literally, all I did was I went, well, first I said, I appreciate your opinion, you know, Nancy or whatever the fuck her name was. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, this this comment is informed by the CDC and OSHA. And, uh, you know, and then she commented back and said, wrong this is not what cdc and osha say you know masks are not helping and not recommended and blah 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 yeah and so then the next comment i literally just went to the cdc page and to the osha page and i just put big blocks of quote that clearly stated the recommendation for masks and the and the uh, explanation for the recommendation for masks she didn't comment back because you know uh, once you actually put it, they can't say anything else. It's all yeah, just a, a, a It's all just shouting and opinions until you actually put blocks of quote from the web pages, and yeah. they're like, oh. Well, you know, a lot of times it's not even opinions. I mean, it's just echoing or parroting what somebody else said. You know, it's, it's not even their opinion. They're just, uh, you know, Trump said it, and then it just echoes down, or you know, your other Republican friends said it, and just echoes down, or. It's the, the meme of the day, and they just take those words off of the meme. I mean, people don't even have opinions anymore. No, no. And then if you if you do have an opinion, you know, uh, even even if someone reads that, then you then you have those people who are like, oh well, you know, the CDC is bought by the government by the liberals. Oh yeah, CDC is bought by China. They make up some other other excuse. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the the CDC is you know just trying to to uh, to make sure China gets some bullshit. <laughs> I think that's that's one of the most that's one of the the uh, the worst things. I think it's the fundamental problem of our time right now is that there is no authority that anyone respects anymore. Yeah, you know, you like the CDC, the CDC was put there to do one thing, to study and inform the public on infectious disease. So it's its whole job. Yeah. And and it has no agenda. It's purely research. 
And you can tell, by the way, all the all the leading scientists and stuff aren't agreeing with Trump or agreeing with any of the other people. They're just saying this is what it's supposed to be, matter of factly. And uh, that that's their role. And we are so such a jaded society due to Facebook, social media, and all all these different outlets of information and and fast information, not even articles that people read through, just little snippets. We're just a, right, a, a, fa a fast info culture. That there's no there's no authority that is something you can look to and respect anymore. You know, right. the thing that's telling people to wear masks, it's the organization that was put there to do that one thing, to tell you to wear a mask if if it's necessary. And people are like, No, the masks are fake. That's fake information. It's just dumb. And that's for everything, yeah? There's no, there, there is no, nothing but God, Jesus Christ, that anyone will respect and take seriously. Yeah. And I mean, that, that's even coming even more to the forefront, you know, as far as uh, conservatives and Republicans and things and Fox News. I mean, I, I, I think I made a post the other day that Fox News is more like God News at this point. I mean, every damn show that I watch. Because I watch everything. I don't just watch CNN. I don't just watch, uh, you know, uh, uh, leftist-type media. I watch everything and anything to get make sure I get informed from both sides and I get information from both sides. But lately, everything I've been watching on Fox News is God this, God that, God this. Everything is has to do with God at this point. So I don't know what's, what, has, what is going on, but it's become very religious that it's, you have to believe in God to be a Republican or a conservative. But anyway, I thought we were talking about minimalism. How do we get back into this thing? The man, Facebook, it's just, it, it ruins everything. Right. But uh, yeah, minimalism, I feel like I am the one who brought it to this family. So I'll take credit for it. No, I, I agree with uh, that. Um, but yeah, kind of started, kind of just fell into, uh, you know, I had, um, you know, Really, what started it was, I I wanted to make a big change because I had just uh, broken up with a college, you know, gotten out of a college relationship that lasted a few years, and uh, also a lot of my friends had left because I had to stay for school, you know, an extra semester too, um, and I was moving out of my apartment into a new apartment. I said, you know, fuck it, I don't need any of this shit. You know, it's one of those moments, you know, thinking back, you know, now I'm married. I don't give a shit about that relationship. It doesn't really matter to me very much. But once you get out of something like that, it's kind of like a dynamic shift where you, you kind of look at things and go, I don't, why do I have all of this stuff? Right. Um, and so I, I just, as I was moving, I was just like, got into minimalism, first of all. Um, I, I can't remember really who, uh, you know, I found the minimalist guys. Uh, and I watched their documentary. Actually, it was the documentary. So I was kind of dabbling in it, and then I watched the documentary, and I thought the documentary was amazing. Probably it isn't amazing. It probably, if I watched it again, those guys are pretty pompous. But when I watched it, it was pretty good. So I just got the bug, and I started throwing everything away. Everything. You know, I was growing up, as you know, in high school, 
I collected action figures, Star Wars memorabilia, superhero memorabilia, comic books, bunch of comic books, uh, you know, DVDs, special edition stuff. Uh, kept all my medals from Taekwondo, all my Spartan stuff, all my achievements. Kept kept schoolwork in some instances, you know, that I thought was pretty good. Um, so just had a bunch of shit, and uh, so I went went through it all and got rid of it all. The, the comic books and everything those those were the hardest things. But as the minimalist guy says, you know, there's there's always there's always a a barrier. Um, that you're going to stop at on a minimalist journey that you think that that's going to be your line. You think, oh, no, this person gave me this or, you know, oh, I've loved this ever since then. And um, if you can, you know, minimalism is individual for everyone, but if you can, you need to go past that line. And uh, luckily I am past that line so i i took all my comic books and everything and i was like i never fucking read these they were great they look great i don't care that was like my that was my line getting rid of all the action figures all the star wars stuff all the comic books right well i thought i I thought uh you know for one thing i thought you were saving all that stuff you know as, as far as an investment like maybe you know you'd make some money off of that eventually one day but yeah, and I, I did make some money. I mean, I sold everything in like a garage sale type type thing. Yeah, um, yeah I got, got rid of everything. Got rid of all my clothes. You know, only had like 20 pieces of clothing. You know, got rid of all my shoes. All my, my just all the junk. Yeah. And once I did, I just felt so, so good. And you continue to feel good. You're just light. There's... You know, thinking about things that you have and seeing the things that you have and and, uh, and just realizing how much shit you don't use and how much space it takes, you know, just mentally, one, it, it helps to clear all that stuff out. You know, it's it's similar to you, you study better and, uh, you know, you get more stuff done in, in a clean room as opposed to a dirty room. And that's kind of like expanded into your whole life. You know, you feel like your whole life's dirty, just cluttered with junk. And once you realize that, you can't be productive. You can't do anything else without getting rid of all that shit. Yeah. And I agree. I mean, I started, um, I started this purge. I mean, I really started this purge, I guess, um, 2016, I guess, is when you and Alec actually went to the storage unit there in Vegas and emptied that motherfucker out. So I didn't have to pay for yep. that goddamn storage unit because I was storing shit that half of it wasn't even mine. I mean, a lot of it was your was your mother's, and a lot of it, some of it was even damaged. It wasn't even fucking functional. But uh, yeah, I had a storage unit there, and then I had another storage unit here in South Carolina. That so I was paying for two different storage units of stuff that I wasn't even using, and I hadn't used in some of it. I hadn't used in a decade, you know. But but I was keeping it for some reason. So. Mm-hmm. Um, the first relief, uh, like you said, you feel lighter and feel freer. The first relief and freeing that I had was when you guys went to Vegas and cleaned out that storage unit. That made me feel a ton lighter and, of course, put more money in my pocket. Um, and then the same thing. Put money in our pocket. Yeah, exactly. And then, you know, of course, here when I cleaned out my storage unit. Well, put money I, in my pocket, too. 
Yeah. But that's good. Everybody deserves a little bit of cash. But um, And then I cleaned out the storage unit here and moved it all into my house. And all I did was take that storage unit and I, start, I stored it in a fucking house. You know, it was still more stuff that mm-hmm. um, that I didn't use that was just sitting there that, um, you know, some of us have been sitting up here in this attic for, for the last five years. Some of us have been sitting in a cabinet and a drawer and... Uh, in the garage and um, I'm happy to be getting rid of all this fucking bullshit. It's stuff that's been following me around for hell since I've moved out of the house in 1992. Some of this stuff has, has been with me and, um, and since 92, some of the stuff I have not used once. And it's finally good to be getting some of this shit out of my life. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I honestly, I don't even care if this makes me sound kind of pretentious, but I think that uh, storage units are disgusting. I think anyone who owns a storage oh. unit is is doing it wrong. Yeah. You don't need that much shit. 100%. I, I don't see how storage units are making money, but they are making money hand in fist. I mean, any any corner I go and turn around on in, in this town right now either has a new gas station a new car wash, or a new storage unit. Those are the three main yep. things I see going up anywhere in this town. Yep. Oh, especially with, you know, they're, they're probably more popular than ever because of Amazon. You know, you can just order stupid shit all day long and then just keep it in a storage unit. Yeah, I mean, there's always been the home shopping network. There's always been stuff where you can just yeah, get shit. that's true. It. Yeah, but yeah. definitely Amazon has made it, made it even uh, more convenient. But You just don't need it. And it's a bunch of money just sitting there, you know? You could sell all that shit and not pay for uh, a storage unit. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, most of it is what? Sentimental value, right? I mean, people hold on to stuff for sentimental value. I think it's the probably biggest reason that people hold on to things is uh, for the memories, for sentimental yeah, and uh, that that was a hard thing for me to to come to terms with when I started going into this minimalism thing because I've got you know a lot of military mem- memorabilia, uniforms, whatever, plaques, re- awards, like you said, Spartan uh, marathon, ultra marathon, five k, ten k race medals, uh, taekwondo um, trophies. I mean, a lot of stuff is sentimental stuff that you're like, how do I get rid of this stuff? But you just have to, right? I mean, yep. what is it doing you gotta, for you? You got to push that line, you know. I was that's I was sentimental about my my action figures and things. I was sentimental about some things, you know, uh, gifts that maybe you or mom gave me or something, or that uh, you know grandparents had given me, and that that was something where I was like, oh, but you know, you should keep all this stuff, but you shouldn't, and. And now it's to the point where, you know, it's to the point now if if anyone gets me something shitty that I know I won't use, I return it and get the money or dump it. And with every card, because, you know, everyone saves cards and most of them don't have really anything interesting to say, but happy birthday or whatever else. When I went through these five boxes that I pulled out of my attic the other day, uh, one of them was a box full of uh, trophies that you know, I've had since, you know, I was a fucking 
not even a teenager. I mean, you know, from early, early age, I've got some trophies over here uh, from T-ball and some from uh, Little League and things like that. And uh, one of the boxes had um, a bunch of, like you said, greeting cards. And one of the one of the envelopes that I found was a FedEx envelope. I guess I had sent it back from Iraq, uh, back to, to our house in Alaska before I left Iraq. But a lot of it was, uh, you know, cards that I gotten from my grandmother, from my parents, from, of course, your mother, um, from you guys, you know, a Father's Day card, whatever, when I was deployed. And, um, yeah, I had a stack of, of greeting cards like this. They came out of one box that I was saving. What was I saving yep. it for? So, yeah. you know, of and course, I, I opened it up and I read a couple things in there and I read a couple letters from my grandmother and things and got a little emotional and um, had some memories come back and that was fine. But then, you know what? They went in the uh, fire pit out in the backyard. <laughs> so they're gone, but they're in my head. I remember them. Yeah. Well, and, you know, the, those people don't care. And they just take up space. I mean, I'm not going to keep fucking cards around. I rip up every card that I, I read it, and I, I hold on to it for a second and think how nice it was for someone to send me this card and write in this card and and think of me on, on whatever day it is that the card is addressing. And I rip it up, throw it in the trash. Yeah, that's what I do with them now, too. I used to save stuff and uh, put them in a drawer and... I mean, I've gone through this entire house, and not only that box that I found that did I find that stack of uh, that stack of cards, but I went through different drawers in my bedroom, uh, a drawer here, a drawer there, a drawer over there, a cabinet here. I had fucking greeting cards everywhere, from uh, whether it be from Christmas, from Valentine's Day, from just uh, whatever. I miss you, thinking of you, <laughs> cards. Yep. I had cards. Oh, I had so many. I could open my open up my own Hallmark. Store, really with all the cars that I had but but I burned them all yeah it, it I think everyone free. And, yeah you know every every single um every single Christmas I tell my parents my brothers everybody involved that's going to be celebrating Christmas for the last five years I said don't get me anything and what happens every year I get something that I'm not using <laughs> every freaking year even though I tell people don't get me anything they still get me something I'm like, I told you not to get me a thing. Yeah. And then it just sits there and I don't use it. And, you know, I threw some things away the other day that I felt bad about throwing away because I got them for Christmas from people that love me and that they want to see, they want to give me stuff and have me use things. And I'm like, I, I, I don't use it. I threw it away. Yep. Matter of fact, the, uh, the Patagonia shirt and shorts that you and Allie got me, uh, they're gone. I tossed them. I don't need them. I don't use them. You didn't like them? <laughs> no, I liked them, but they didn't. They didn't go with. Uh, they didn't go with, with the stuff that I'm keeping with what I needed. So I got. Oh you know. my god! Oh, now you took count. it too far. <laughs> yeah, I did. So. No, I throw. I throw away. I throw away expensive shit all the time that people spent expensive money on, hard-earned money on. Yeah, I mean, if I can make a dollar off of it, I try and sell it, obviously, but. A lot of stuff just went, man. Went to, uh, you know, I, I didn't throw the shirt and the, and the shorts away, but they they went to some kind of uh, goodwill box or you know clothing box or something somewhere that somebody will somebody will use. Somebody will get some use out of it. But yeah, just just wasn't for me. I think it's important. 
I think it's important. I mean, you know, it, it's hard because it is a counterculture. I mean, we're at the uh, the height of a capitalist society that thrives oh, yeah. on people buying things. So, yeah, you know, counterculture it, for sure for us. I mean, for anybody really, for China, for us, but for, for the big country, yeah, we're we're all capitalists. We're all about uh, making a buck, and um, you know. As far as all these big companies, I mean, you can't go one year without increasing your profits. If you don't increase your profit every year, then you're not a good company. You're not doing well. And what does that mean? That means consumers have to be buying more of your product. So it's, yeah. I don't know, the capitalist society just sucks, I think. I don't know. I mean, I think we need a blend of some capitalism well, and socialist uh, type society stuff. But capitalism is just, it's, it's nothing but making us sad, I think. Well, I think it's a double edged. I mean, you know, it is making us sad and cluttered, and and uh, I, I think it has has uh, an impact on a lot of our mental health issues and stuff, and and a lot of our our politics. But you know, we wouldn't have gotten to be, uh, you know, at one point because I, I love the United States of America, but. I, I can't in, in good conscience say it's it's the greatest nation in the world anymore. But, um, you know, it, it's a wonderful place, and we would not have gotten here without the competition of capitalism, uh, you know, leading to all these different inventions and uh, all that stuff and putting us, putting us on the map in terms of uh, domestic product. So I do think that it was important to get here, and I think that in some way it needs to stay in some fashion, but yeah, be blended with some, maybe some socialist concepts and stuff. But, you know, by and large, I think capitalism is, ha, has done wonders for us up until, you know, recent years. And I think that, uh, uh, and that, and that's why I think, and it's not going away, you know, anytime soon. So I think no. you s stupid fucking people who are buying a bunch of shit and have storage units, keep going. I'll, I'll enjoy my life. You guys keep doing it so that our uh, economy can run. That'd be good. Yeah. Well, I think that about says it all, man. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, what you got going on the rest of the afternoon, evening? I'm going to have a date night with my wife. Nice. And my dog child. Right. Yeah, I saw Gloria run around at the very beginning of this whole thing. I saw her run around the background for a second there. but Yeah, she's gone now. Yeah, I let Leia out of here a few minutes ago. She was begging me to go out the door and go downstairs. But, yeah. But, yeah, I need to wrap this thing up, man. Uh, going long, going long. Uh, it won't be because you're going to cut the front end off. It'll be just the right well, amount. I'm going to go back and watch it, and I'll, I'll make a command decision, and we'll see what happens. But maybe I'll release two versions. Maybe it'll be the director's cut. Do what? Do what the? <laughs> no. What you should do. This is episode one forty four. So it'll be episode one forty four and episode one forty four dash one. No, point five. Don't do dash one. It's always point five. Point five. All right. Listen. But 
what you got to do is you got to do the uh, the multiple cuts that the YouTubers do. Do that for the first part where I'm not in it, you know. Just get to the interesting parts, you know, just cut around that first part, cut it down a little bit like the YouTubers do. And then go into this just a straight stream of video. For yeah, my but you part. know what the YouTubers have is they have fucking interns or people working for them that do all that shit. I do everything myself. So for me to go in and cut up stuff is more work for me, man. Dude, you're practically retired. You got no other work to do. Oh, yeah. Well, that's a solid point. But, um, <laughs> but, but still, well, I'll figure it out. We'll see what happens. But All right. All I'm right. going to go eat some chuck roast and some veggies, and uh, then I'll figure out what I'm doing with this video. Sounds good. All right, man. Well, I enjoyed it. It's been a good time. It was nice talking to you. And yeah. Hopefully, I'll be talking to you in person here sometime in the near future. Yep. We come on down. Weather's great. Oh, I'm sure it is. All right, brother. Well, tell Megan I said hello and uh, love you guys. I guess we'll talk to you soon. All right. Love you too. See ya. Right. Bye.